Hello, friends and enemies. This is Joe Lanza of the Flagship Podcast. Just letting you know that the show you're about to listen to originally aired live on Thursday night, June 16th, 2022. And some of the information on this show is now severely outdated. Vince McMahon has since stepped down as CEO and chairman of the board of WWE, and KG Muto has announced the details of his quote-unquote retirement tour. Just like the world of MLW never stops, the wrestling news never stops. So unfortunately, a few of the conversations on the show you're about to listen to are outdated and obsolete. All the more reason to head over to Patreon and subscribe to our $10 tier so you can listen to the show live every Thursday night. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. The fucking sun sucks. I don't know what you people see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again. And Rich Crage. This is the dumbest show. I cannot believe These people pay, Some people pay us $10 to listen to the show live. This is what we give them we, for 45 we, minutes. Been doing this for 10 years. Why? We're bigger than ever. More people listen to us than ever. Than ever. Why? And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich, and he is back from vacation. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? Lot to talk about. Do have a lot to talk about, including your uh, your, your beach vacation. How was oh, the we're beach? Gonna do, we're gonna do that, huh? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm curious. Did you change your thoughts on the beach? Because in the Absolutely. intro, I, I don't know if you listen to the current intro that we have right now. Uh, it's you ranting about the sun. You say the f- sun fucking sucks, yeah. and I don't know how you guys do the sun. Um, did you do the sun at all over your last week when you were on yet again another vacation? Which by the way, these are getting these are piling up here, Joe. But uh, I don't know when. Yeah. No. Just saying, two since the last one I've had. Two two vacations since the last one I had, but that's okay. What what's up? Okay, well, all right, listen. The last one I went away during March Madness week, which I always take off from the show to begin with. I have never done a show March Madness week. That's true. So that is true. Okay. So that didn't even affect anything. Okay. Okay. All right. So that that you know. But to answer your question, no, of course I did not go out with the sun. <laughs> not Why would at I all. Not a, not a second. Not a not even under an umbrella. Not with a big safari hat. None. No sun. Um, I drove, <laughs> I drove them to the beach and back a couple times. Windows open or, or windows closed with the air on? Windows open. <laughs> Is this nineteen seventy nine? Why would I have the windows open? We have air conditioning now, Rich. You you. I don't. I don't think I've ever lowered the windows in my car. Why would I have <laughs> the windows insane. open? You're ridiculous. You turn the. You crank the air on sixty eight. Good you, temp. And, that's and, a good. That's a good air conditioning temp for the car for sure. I, I'm a sixty eight man myself. 
Yeah, you'll live like a civilized human. Well, no, this I roll the windows not... down all the time. No, I, I, I literally drove home today in 95-degree weather with the windows down because I'm a maniac. Why? Because so. uh, I'm a maniac. I, I, I readily admit it. That's hot and sweaty. Why would you do that? Yeah, well, I was already sweaty anyway. Played basketball at lunch, so I was already sweaty anyway. So might so, as well keep it up. Well, so put the air on. Yeah, I'm good. I, I was going to sweat all day anyway. Who cares? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I didn't say it did. Why don't you just enjoy a cool ride? I don't understand. Nah. Ah, jeez. I get cold Thank weather for too long. I, I get like seven months of cold weather. I'm good. I don't need it. I don't live in, I in Texas you. like you, all right? I couldn't tell you the last time I had my windows down. It was probably when <laughs> I was a child and my, my parents probably had some beater of a hoopty that were like the air didn't work. So they would have to like use the, the old hand crank window. Yeah, you know and you would stick your head out to get any sort of a... And, and they'd have to roll the windows down because, you know, we couldn't afford a decent car or whatever. But, Rich, I'm a man who enjoys the finer things. You okay? do. Yeah, I... you've worked very hard to uh, not ever roll down your windows, I guess. Like, Correct. What if, what if it went, well, let's say the outside temperature is 62 degrees and sunny. Then windows up and the inside of the car is going to be comfortable because the other thing is <laughs> you still wouldn't put the windows down. No, because here's the other factor. I don't need the wind messing up my hair. I care a lot about my hair. You Rich. do. You do. That's true. So, you know, I can't have the wind blowing through and like hitting me in the face and messing up my hair. So I, I just there's just like no reason for it. Unless I'm pulling up to a drive through. I I can honestly say i cannot remember the last time i had my windows down you're, you're <laughs> like, something else the... yeah we we are the fact that this show has lasted as long as it too we are the polar opposite human beings in so many ways maybe that's why it works maybe that's why it works because yeah i a, a a a buddy cop like movie with you and me would just be insane like i'd roll the window down you'd roll it up i'd roll the window down you'd roll it up yeah we just argue it'd be fantastic somebody should green light that for sure so uh well, well i guess they have green light and they've been listening to it for um there is a, the note of Sharon believes you were bald. When did anybody, when was that ever said that Joe was bald? I'm not, no, I'm not bald. Got a great head of hair. Do they mean I, maybe I had my head shaved or something? I, I never even had my head shaved. I don't even know what that. Kurt is. says what hair? And then Hothead567 says, wait, Joe isn't bald? Why do people think I'm bald? I'm, I'm... <laughs> what, in what way? Like, we never said that. I'm genuinely not bald. Like, you've met me. I'm not. Yeah, no, you're not. No, I, I don't understand. Where where they got that impression? But, Joe, Joe um, is not bald. No, 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 no. Very healthy head of hair. Very healthy head of hair. We've talked at numerous uh, lengths about Joe's haircut. <laughs> this Kurt Kason, what's he talking? Yeah, now about? you're getting careful. What? I don't know what show you've been listening to, Kurt. But uh, no, Joe is is not bald. Joe did not get hair plugs that I know of. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think so. I, who is this guy even? Kurt I don't know. I've hit never the bricks. Seen him in hit there. the bricks, Kurt. Yeah, what's he even talking about? Um, no, 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 no. Listen, I didn't grow up with much, Rich. So things like air conditioning in a car, like that's like I'm taking advantage of that, you know. So, um, I, I, I did plenty of sweating inside of cars with the fucking windows down as a child, as a youth. So, yeah, I did I that not that long ago. Things. You, you, you might recall that. Uh, I think we talked about it before. Like. 
uh, before this uh, late model German built car that you always refer to uh, that's sitting in my driveway right now. Uh, I had my older car and it, the air blew out on it and I didn't want to get rid of the car because every other part of it was fine. But then like the price to fix the air was too much. So I just said, fuck it. And I didn't have the air for two years, two years. I went with no air conditioning in that car whatsoever. So it was uh, some very, very hot. So that's, maybe that's why I'm used to it. Maybe that's why I don't care about a, a nice hot car ride these days. But uh, yeah, that was. But what you're saying is utterly ridiculous. Like you have access <laughs> I to it. I do have access to it, yes. You admit you're sweaty and hot. Yes. And just cool off. Enjoy a nice cool, you know, and then pull into like an ice cream shop. Maybe get yourself a cone, you know, enjoy the pleasure. I mean, I'll do, the, I'll do an ice cream with the windows down. That, that, I'll do the ice cream part for sure. Now we're talking. This is, this is, uh, Rich, this is, you know, you get on me for my bizarre eccentric <laughs> behaviors sometimes. And I admit no, that. Hold on a minute. You never roll your windows down. I'm not letting you get on me about never rolling your windows down. Why? What, what would be the purpose? Like if it's cold, <laughs> I have the heat on. And when it's hot, I have the air on. There's no, there's never a scenario where I would need the window down. Again. You never just want to breathe some fresh air. You never just want the fresh air of Texas. Ah, who needs it? <laughs> you know, I, I, I need comfort more than I need the air messing up my hair. That's what I need. You know, sometimes too, like you roll your windows down, you get that helicopter sound inside the car. It's like, duh, 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 duh. I can't. And then you I, just gotta, you just gotta me. regulate it. No, you're just bad at rolling windows down. That's your fault. Because you only bad rolled one of the windows. That you only rolled down. one of the windows down. You got to roll the other window down. Oh, now I got it. now I got air coming in from all the windows. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. even worse. Fire that sunroof open. You got a sunroof in that car? That late model car you're driving? Okay. Did you? Would I buy a car with a sunroof? Uh, not willingly. I just wonder if it came with it. So I've had actually. I've had a car. I had a. I had a car with a sunroof. You ever use that sunroof, Joe? I I used it for like the first week, and then I never touched it again. <laughs> I didn't want the, the, the fucking... Now, that will mess your hair. That will destroy your hair. Mess your hair, sunroof, and yeah. I didn't want the sun bearing down on my scalp. Like, I don't know. I, I I would use it at night on occasion, but then it's like, once the gimmick wore out... like kind of were it, over it, yeah. kind of done with it. Yeah, I'm over it, yeah. I was over it. That's fair. So, um... <laughs> One of the prerequisites for buying my new car was, does it have a sunroof? But that, you know what? Hey, again, we're different people, different universes, but we come together... Uh, in this world of professional wrestling. So I'm glad uh, you enjoyed the beach. Um, I think one day you were just watching Dragon Gate, and one day you just watched like seven wrestling shows. So yeah, I, I'm glad that regardless, though, you still enjoyed the beach. So I I acquired a laptop and then wrote a piece for the, <laughs> for the paywall while I was away on vacation. I was like, I, I have to have takes. There's too much happening. Because, you know, Cody's peck ripped off of the bone. And the interim title madness came down in AEW, and they're rolling out the the all Europe or whatever title, the all Atlantic title. I'm like, I gotta have the, I got takes, and people need to hear them. So yeah. I tracked down a laptop, and uh, I got to work while I was on vacation and put but, up an uh, article. Yeah, pacing yeah. the den, ten dollar tier. There it is, flagshippatreon.com, flagshippatreon.com. But uh, luckily, this week things. Got kind of calm. You were able to ease back into the show. We had Aaron Quinn yeah. uh, fill in admirably for you last week. Uh, she did a great job. We had a very fun show. But then this week, yeah, things just eased up a little bit. Uh, Vince McMahon might <laughs> potentially no longer be the CEO of WWE uh, due to a, a $3 million hush fund sex scandal. So 
nice, easy, breezy thing. We'll get over that. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Here, you know, the future of WWE, uh, you know, and, and, and Vince McMahon being in doubt. That, you know, quick little thing here. Uh, Sasha Banks maybe got released. Uh, Randy Orton is hurt. Jeff Hardy got a DUI. Uh, yeah, so nice little easy uh, week to get you in here. Uh, you can, oh, and, oh, oh, and oh, and oh, by the way, Rich, three world titles, three change world titles hands. change hands. Yes, uh, yes. one of your favorite wrestlers ever acquired a, a title that he has never had yet. So, uh, I was yeah. able to add another one to his mantle a, a, a gigantic title switch in New Japan for wrestling, a, an earth shattering switch in the world of the National Wrestling Alliance, where oh my god, the, just the, 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 rever- the reverberations from the world's heavyweight title. Uh, we, we'll talk about that. Uh, obviously, in a little bit. But, yeah, nice, easy way in there. Uh, Nakajima um, basically slapped somebody so hard they got a concussion and caused a bunch of issues and basically ruined a month's worth of booking. Uh, West Coast Pro, 93 to Infinity, was a very good show that earlier in the week, I will tell you earnestly, on Tuesday I decided, "Ah, this looks like a pretty light week. (laughs) I'm going to watch all of this show. So I watched all of West Coast Pro, uh, 93 to Infinity, uh, and hopefully we'll get to that. You did the same thing with a random-ass just nonsense all Japan Corican Hall show for the same reason where you're like, ah, you know what? <laughs> Things are a little lights. I'm gonna watch this Jumbo Saruta show. I'm gonna watch this all Japan Corican show. Like we're just gonna, you know, spread all fields, do all that sort of stuff. So you watched an innocuous all Japan show uh, as well. So we will we'll talk about both of those. Uh, but yeah, it's it is gonna be an absolutely loaded show. And yeah, it's just an absolutely insane wrestling week. Like it's will will, will we will we talk about both those shows? <laughs> I know we will. <laughs> we will. It's on the sheet. If it's on the sheet. Uh, it must happen. Look, we will not talk about fake Triple Mania. People are asking, hey, what about Triple Mania? I'm not it doing fake Triple Mania this week, all right? I did fake it Triple Mania a couple, you know, whatever it was, a month or so ago. That show stunk. It was bad. Yeah. Cubs fan doesn't want to do a preview for our website. I'm good. I'm not doing it. I asked Cubs yeah. fan, hey, you writing a preview? He goes, nah, not really. <laughs> he goes, yeah. I was trying to get excited, but now I'm just frustrated, so no. And I went, all right, well, then that, that tells me all I need to know. So, no, I am skipping fake Triple Mania Triple Mania Tijuana, I think. I'm not watching it. Sorry, Dorian, who I know is uh, a Patreon subscriber. Uh, we will not be covering uh, uh, Triple Mania this 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 week. So. Yeah, you know what? We we will touch on it briefly during the Jeff Hardy segment. That we can do. Uh, fine. But are, we, fine. are we previewing the show though? No, we're not no. God no. It. Jesus Christ no. Yeah, there's there's uh, too many other things here. We got to get to this NWA always ready. I mean that's paramount uh, on the show. We're always going to do NWA. Uh, did I mention Randy Orton is hurt? Maybe never wrestling uh, the rest of this year. You did. Okay. Have, okay. What? Oh, uh, and also uh, this uh, law firm Scott and Scott is now asking uh, sh- stockholders of WWE to uh, contact them uh, for uh, breaching their fiduciary uh, duties to uh, shareholders. So. Yes. So, what percentage of weeks would Katsuhiko Nakajima slapping the world champion of another promotion in the face so hard that he knocked him out legit and disrupted months of booking? What percentage of weeks would that be a lead story? Probably what? At least 25, 30, 40%? It feels like a lot. Yeah. It it feels like. Of the topics I talked about, the Jeff Hardy DUI, that is... I don't we know. were going to lead with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, until that, I was going to say about 60% of the time no. that probably leads. Uh, this potential for a Sasha Banks release, even though it's still only one person. That could be a lead. Yeah, that, I mean, that one again, that every, I mean, that would be almost 90% of the time, like one of the biggest stars in WWE getting her release after everything that went on. I mean, that is 90% of the time 
that's Dominion, Dominion, Dominion Jay White is the new IWGP champion. Dominion was like a, 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 a ripple effects in the company that, that will be felt for, you know, months and years to come. No, yeah, that, that again, 50% of the time, 60% of the time probably would be a, a lead topic. Oh, Forbidden Door is coming up in a few weeks, um, so... In a, in a weaker, in a weak week, that could be a lead. Like, yeah. lead, like if there's nothing else going on. But my point here is, the Nakajima slap might be like the sixth or seventh topic on the depth chart yeah. here. And there's <laughs> undoubtedly stupid. weeks. There's undoubtedly weeks where somebody legitimately knocking out the world champion of a promotion within four minutes of the start of a match and disrupting that promotion's booking moving forward would absolutely be the lead. And, like, we're going to be scrambling with eight minutes left in the show to get to it. You know? So, and the Cyber Fight Festival, obviously, that's one of the biggest non-New Japan shows that will happen in Japan this year. Oh, yeah. Just a huge production, big set, big entrances, big matches, all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, it, it feels very possible that we either just don't get to all the show or just, like you said, in eight minutes uh, try to rush through all of it. So we will do the best we can to get to everything. But yeah, this is an insane, insane wild wrestling week, especially with us. Oh, by the way, Impact is uh, celebrating their 20th anniversary this weekend as well. <laughs> right. So, yeah. of course, I mean, anniversary coming fuck? up this weekend. Yes. And uh, 20 years yeah. of Impact. Uh, we are going to. I Initially, my plan was, hey, let's share some memories from Impact. But it's like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> we'll try. That I guess. Happen. I feel bad. Maybe next week we'll have to do that. But uh, yeah, this is. Well, uh, well, look at it this way. We're completely bumping a triple mania. And we forgot to mention Slammiversary. <laughs> right. That's what's happening this week. It's crazy. That's it's, where we're at. Yeah. We've had packed weeks. I, I don't know if this one has ever been topped in terms of no, because, sheer number of important topics. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, the, the main topic we're going to talk about here is is it probably one of the biggest news stories, at least that I can remember. Just so, like, like you know, the ones that I always remember is, like, a bunch of guys leaving New Japan all those years ago. AJ Styles and the Good Brothers and those sort of things, and Nakamura, whatever. And that was remember how big of a deal that was. Like, holy crap, yeah. this this exodus from New Japan. Like, Vince McMahon <laughs> has a secret three million dollar hush fund sex scandal that involves Johnny Ace, and oh yeah, there's other NDAs. Oh yeah, and the board of directors are investigating it. Oh yeah, and now other you know attorneys are are investigating you know shareholder fiduciary. Like it's just fucking insane. It's it, that's a, the, it's just a the, nuts the, story, an insane story. The, en the end result of which could realistically be Vince McMahon out of WWE. You're right, right. Like there's never going to be another story that is the most powerful man in wrestling history that runs the most powerful company in wrestling history might no longer run the most powerful company and might no longer be the most powerful man pretty soon. Short of his death, <laughs> right. It's just, I well, guess it's a good segue. Let's get into it. Yeah, first reported um, by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, quote, the board of World Wrestling Entertainment Inc. Is, is investigating a secret $3 million settlement that longtime chief executive Vince McMahon agreed to pay to a departing employee with whom he allegedly had an affair. Uh, the January 2022 separation agreement bars the now former employee who was hired as a paralegal in 2019 from discussing her relationship with Mr. McMahon or disparaging him. The people said the board's investigation, which began in April, has unearthed other older non-disclosure agreements involving claims by former female WWE employees of misconduct by Vince McMahon uh, and one of his top executives, John Laurinaitis, the head of talent relations at WWE. Uh, the journal couldn't determine how many previous agreements were being scrutinized. I, I, I'm I'm grabbing some part. There's other parts in here as well. I'm not reading a whole yeah, yeah. topic. I'm just the bringing, pertinent, I'm bringing the up the important stuff here. Yeah, people, if you want to go, WallStreetJournal.com has got it all for you. Yeah. 
And it's like a top. I mean, it was on like the front cover of the Wall Street Journal this week. Like it, it will not be hard to find this. I'm not. Uh, you know, it'll be very, very easy to find the story. It is a mega, mega giant story. Uh, the board's outside counsel was still collecting information about the other NDAs this week, uh, but it has determined that the payments totaled in the millions of dollars. Uh, the people said. So yeah, there are a hundred different angles to kind of cover this from. Uh, but initially, I mean, what what were your thoughts when you saw this first come by? I, I was stunned just looking at the screen going oh wow and then reading more and more and reading it and and looking and there was just a new part that kind of got me interested and 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 just kind of it's just like what the hell is going on here it got me excited for like what the fuck is coming up next or whatever uh things have obviously slowed down over the next day or so 24 hours later we haven't really gotten any new information uh it's kind of the same old stuff but uh yeah this this story's not going to go away this is a big 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 gigantic deal and like you said the end result could be Vince McMahon no longer in charge of WWE. I mean, that, that, we are realistically looking at that for the first time. Uh, 1994, probably the last time that that was an actual legitimate possibility that Vince McMahon would not be leading this company. Well, I mean, the absolute worst case scenario is that um, there's multiple like SEC violations and he is forced out and goes to prison, right? That would be the... We, I don't think anyone thinks that's going to happen. But, um, you know, total doomsday scenario for him. And then also he could skate on all of this. So there's a wide range of outcomes uh, that, that can happen here. I think that when you look at what he's accused of, um, I could easily see him skating on this. But the fact that they're investigating a number of other NDAs, I mean, those eventually are going to probably, you know, because now the, the hounds are circling, so those will eventually get reported. And that could be anyone from other underlings that were working to him, to talent, to whoever else he has paid off over the years to to, to hide these sexual relationships. Um, you know, there, there's there's that factor. There's also the um, you know, John Laurinaitis factoring in this and and you know, he, he could easily wind up being uh, a fall guy. I could see that happening uh, rather easily. But, um, you know, McMahon, I could see him skating because, you know, already McDevitt, look, they, they don't even deny that this happened. No, they, they, and I think that's a pretty interesting are. point about this entire thing. So, and and I, I did want people to kind of know that is, you know, they're using alleged, 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 and the board of directors basically just said, like, you know, we're aware of this, we're investigating it. Like, it, there was never a a statement from McDivitt saying we, we vehemently deny the allegations or whatever. It was never that. I mean, right away it was like, well, yeah, kind of, you know, now the details, it's just the, the details, details of it. Deep. Yeah. It's the details of it now. Because, you know, McDevitt has already said, look, this was personal funds that were used because the key here is going to be, was it personal funds or was it company funds? If it was company funds, this obviously because it's a publicly traded company and all those sorts of things, that's where he's going to run into big trouble but mcdevitt look they're not denying that any of this happened they're saying it wasn't that it wasn't the company funds that she was paid off with it was the personal funds so that's a big key there's also the issue of her getting the hundred thousand dollar 100 percent bump in pay going from a hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars uh obviously it you know you can't pay somebody to fuck you under under those circuits, that's that's frowned upon, Rich. You can't pay someone. Yes, to fuck. no, you cannot do that. So, that is uh, labor laws uh, definitely forbid that. Yes, but how you can 
also how he can potentially skate on that is she's changed positions. She came in as paralegal and then she was moved to working as John Laurinaitis's assistant. Yeah, correct. So you can hide that pay raise as well. She changed positions and that position pays more. Right. We paid her more to be John Laurinaitis's assistant. So, right. And, and even though like, you know, I'm not, I'm obviously not defending Vince McMahon in any way, shape or form or whatever, but you can also, you can, you can be in a consensual relationship with somebody and give them a pay raise. You know what I mean? That, that isn't illegal. It is illegal to say, I will give you a pay raise if you have sex with me. That is very illegal. You cannot do that. But there's nothing, you know, completely 100% illegal about having a consensual relationship and then giving somebody a new role and giving them a, a raise. And that is sort of what seems to have happened, at least in this case. Now, well, in different jurisdictions, that may be. See, right, that's right, the right. Thing. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting how how that that plays out for sure. I don't know the Connecticut law. Right, I, I, and I don't either. Yeah, I, I don't either. On fucking a subordinate. I don't. I, I now. Nearly every company in America has a has an internal policy where that's frowned upon. Okay, nearly any company of any legitimate size is going to have a policy that says the boss can't be fucking a subordinate or be in a relationship with a subordinate. And if you're in a relationship with someone on the same level as you, that sort of thing has to be reported to HR and everyone. You know, so did he break some sort of company policy? I'm sure he did. But. Again, he can skate on that. Look, he's the majority shareholder. So if he don't want to be out for breaking that particular company policy, he don't have to be out. The, the, the question is, did he break some corporate laws here? Right? That's that's the big thing. And that's what that yeah, – and, you know, that's where this investigation, they're going to have to try to sniff that out. Um, you know, now, now listen, there could be a scenario where the – uh, where the stock tanks because of this, and he sort of has to remove himself to save the company and to save his family's fortune and all of those sorts of things. You know, if this thing gets worse and there's a million of these NDAs and there's talent involved and other people who are, you know, it, it's and 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 people lose confidence in him as a leader. And when I say people, I mean, uh, uh, shareholders and those sorts of things. And if Wall Street loses confidence in him and 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 then the 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 stock tanks, you know, that could be another scenario in which he is removed from this. But in terms of whether he broke the law, I don't know the Connecticut law and neither one of us claim to be lawyers. And it's like that whole thing where, you know, and again, most companies have that policy, but you know, the the boss fucking the subordinate that's kind that's more of like a, a sort of a for lack of a better term kind of an online thing than it is necessarily against the law do, do you know what i mean oh, by no, that no, yeah now, and that's that's why i want people to kind of realize is that you know i'm not we're not on in any way shape or form defend we're just trying to say from an ethical level we're not like defending him from right friend. no 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 we're just trying to say from the, the I, I, we're trying to say okay what is their defense going to be? Because right now it looks awful. Right now it looks really, really bad. So now they need to find a way. McDivitt has to find a way. Vince McMahon has to find a way. Uh, and WWE, if they do want to obviously retain Vince McMahon, and, and, and very clearly with the majority stockholder being Vince McMahon, like, he, of course, wants to stay in that job. Like, they now have to figure out, okay, how can we get out of this? And how can we kind of say, okay, well, no, 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 here's what happened. Here's the, you know. And there's ways that he could definitely squirm out of this. So, yeah, for people... You know, don't write the obituary just yet. Like, it, it, he's not gone and dead yet. But... Like I said, for the first time since the steroid trial, we've 
we it's on the shakiest ground it's been since then and that happened that was 1994 yeah. like you know what i mean like we are definitely on the shakiest ground that i'd say is a little more shaky because i think everybody in the world thought that vince was probably going to go to jail for i think day. i think vince thought he was going yes. to prison that's why he brought jerry jarrett in to run the company and that's hey he brought jeff jarrett in recently to uh, back to wwe so i wonder if that's related or not history but, uh, repeats yeah, history repeats itself but uh yeah no he, he definitely thought he was going to jail and yeah. he did everything he could to get out of there he was wearing the neck brace and all that sort of stuff and yeah when you see his face when he didn't go to jail you know leaving that courtroom i mean you have never seen a bigger smile on a man who Walked into the courtroom thinking, fuck, I'm going to jail, and walked out a free man. And just was like, holy shit, I, I got out of this. I can't believe it. And that is the last time that it has been on anywhere near this shaky of ground, despite a lot of other transgressions happening in between. There are a lot of other things happening, but never you know, never quite like this. And, and what changes a lot of things about this is that now this is a big boy company. You know, This isn't the WWF of 1994. This isn't the WWF of 1988. This is a billion-dollar, publicly-traded, multimedia conglomerate company. You know, this isn't, you know, a family business. A we talked of, about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. This isn't just Vince McMahon's, you know, sports entertainment business. This isn't Titan Sports. This is a big fucking thing here. That they, that... And it's not just him either. It's also the all the relationships they have with other major players like NBC and Fox and everything else. So. Yeah. Um, you know, where, where yeah, they're paying him billions gonna, of dollars for, for their product, for his product. Yeah. So they're going to be keeping a close eye on it as well, but just based on what we know now, and obviously there's going to be way more, uh, I would suspect this story isn't even close to over in terms of what we learn about what was going on in the corporate culture and all of those sorts of things. Um, because if you know anything about the history of WWE, there's obviously a corporate culture there of it, it's, it's very likely animal house. It's very likely a zoo. Um, and you know, this is just more evidence that points to that, but I'm just saying, based on what we know now, I could see him squirming out of this. I, I, I could easily see him squirming out of this, uh, unless there's, you know, more damning stuff, um, coming down the pike. I mean, obviously Stephanie <laughs> saw this coming and got the fuck out of there. So we, that gives us a lot of clarity. Yes. On that I was going to say, let's update that story of, uh, why did Stephanie McMahon randomly decide to leave the company out of nowhere to quote-unquote, spend time with her family, and why did WWE kind of bury her on the way out? Well, uh, it, eh, probably not a very rosy relationship right now <laughs> with Vince and Stephanie, I'd imagine, because, uh, you know, they were very public about, you know, their, you know, we read the article uh, from the Business Insider last week, uh, you know, very not very, uh, you know, complimentary of Stephanie's work or whatever, and yeah, it, it, we were wondering, what the hell, why this seems really out of nowhere, and, uh, I, you know, we don't know. We can't, you know, say for certain that's the reason why, but uh, you connect some dots, smoke to some fire. It definitely seems like something was going on there. She had gotten some word about this and just was like, ah, I'm going to distance myself from this as quickly as possible. So probably yeah, smart on I mean, her. It's probably smart it, on her. It sure seems like that was uh, the motivation behind that because as she's part of the board. So when the board got this anonymous email, she would have been privy to all of this at that time well, so. and she's part of the it would be a part of this you know not not necessarily i think i forget they they listed the names of the people that were actually in this investigation i think uh the board of directors that were but like you said she got the email she's on the board she got the email that said hey this is what happened and and you know was was yeah. at least somewhat aware that this was happening so yeah she would have been privy this was coming so that that the timeline definitely adds up um you know where where she would maybe want to get out of dodge so she wouldn't have to deal with this and then using the spending time with the family and all of that is kind of the, 
the cover reason. Well, we, and then, we, we watch sports, especially uh, college sports and, and professional yeah. football, and we know the I want to spend time with my family means. And certainly sanctions are coming. And I got I have to go for two years. Hey, I have a new job now. I, I've spent time with my family. I'm ready to be at a new job now. So that's uh, that was the Nick Saban play. Uh, how many times did Bobby Petrino use that? You know, that's a a, a constant thing. Uh, Urban Meyer used, has Urban used Meyer, it four yeah. times basically in his career but, to get out of, hey, whoa, I uh, spent time with my family. Whoa, I'll take that job. That sounds looks good. So, yeah. That's, she's still on the board, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Triple H is on the board, but they're not involved. The, the family members aren't involved in the investigation. So uh, obviously, for obvious reasons, they're you know they're not part of the uh, the investigation. But um, j- just the fact that McDevitt made it a point to say that it was that that they're not even denying it, but they're making a point to say that company funds weren't used, and the fact that McDevitt has gone out of his way to say that it was consensual leads me to believe that they don't that that McDevitt doesn't think that they can get him for breaking any laws. Right. Because again, the whole power dynamic thing is that's um, not necessarily illegal. I mean, that's something that in recent years, especially with Me Too, and um, you know, it, it, it's become more part of the public consciousness that hey, maybe bosses fucking people that work for them isn't a good idea. And I think you know, from an ethics standpoint, the vast majority of people would agree with that but that doesn't necessarily make it illegal if the relationship was consensual again i am not professing to be an expert in connecticut law though so i don't right, i don't right, know right, right. It's, but, it's but something based that... on how mcdevitt defended it so far it seems to be that i just get the impression that they're not going to get him on any kind of legal uh, uh based on on what we know so far and you know right. there's more coming yeah there wasn't a whole lot of silence there wasn't a we vehemently deny or we're, we're you know we're looking into the allegations or whatever it was right away yeah this happened yeah it was personal funds yeah that's right and, and, and i'm with you and that's kind of my sensual that's big key they said it was right consensual. right right and that and that is you know what 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 i've kind of been continuing to go back to when i look at this story is that yeah like a lot of other companies probably would see this situation and realize okay we need to make a change at CEO like you said company policy wise company yes. ethics wise company you know publicity and PR wise like you're going to look at this and say yeah we really don't want the leader of our company you know portrayed like this and would probably tell him that you know it's probably best for you to step down or whatever and, and a lot of companies probably would do that but there are also companies that 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 aren't doing that and there, there are things that have happened over recent years and 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 you know people that are into the the video game world know that this sort of you know i think something similar happened at activision or what i i, I forget the exact specifics of it but like you know things have happened at other places and ceos have just kind of stayed because when they are that powerful and they don't want to leave and they don't really see a reason to leave and there's not and they're the majority shareholders they're just not going to leave unless like you said, unless it becomes a financial burden on the company, unless a bunch of the, the, the stock thing becomes an issue, this other thing that we're going to talk about here with the Scott and Scott attorneys at law or whatever, yeah. if they investigate and shareholders in mass say, like, we need we demand a change or we vote for a change or that sort of stuff, then that will happen. A hostile takeover or whatever would, would be the only way to get him out because he's a majority shareholder, and if he didn't commit any crimes and he and his lawyer think that he, you know, was was – you know, maybe unethical, but understood, you know, like he's not going to, I mean, it's Vince McMahon, you, you know, it's, it's himself out. Yeah. right. And that's like, so people say, well, you know, this CEO left this company, this CEO left that company. Yeah. But those are companies that aren't world wrestling entertainment. They're not led by Vince McMahon, who is the majority, you know, stakeholder in this company. Like it's going to be hard to, to force him out is, is the point uh, yeah. here. Unless he broke some laws or the sec gets involved or, or something, 
you know, and that, I, he undoubtedly broke a, how, a company policy. There has, what are the odds? There's no company policy in that company regarding relationships with subordinates. I mean, come on, he obviously broke a company policy, but I don't think he's he would he's going to vote himself out for that. Unless again, the the, the, the stock just tanks beyond right, belief, and right. he doesn't have a choice. Um, so you know, we'll have to see how much more comes out and how bad this is going to get. Because, I mean, look at it this way. It, 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 look, there's public examples. I mean, Michael Hayes has dated wrestlers and he's always been like their boss. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like that's, these aren't even secrets. <laughs> no, it's also this company. Like, and, and, you know, I don't want to get into that show. I don't want to get into the show where we just list every, you know, horrific right. thing that this company's done or whatever. But like, you can do your own research. This company's done a lot of horrific things over the last few years, particularly with, you know, male uh, executives, women, uh, male executives, and and uh, and young men. Like, it's not a, you know, yeah, there's been a lot of shit that's happened in this company over the years. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised by this. I'm just maybe – this. the thing that I come back to is, again, this is something that – this company is not – the boys club thing anymore you know this is a billion dollar you're playing with the big boys now you're playing with nikon wants to be disney and he wants to be this and he wants to be that or whatever and this sort of stuff is clearly still stuff. behaving that they're yeah still they're, they're still behaving, behaving like it's 1998 or 1988 you know yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not it's still the, the frat house culture is still there i mean and then um you would think it's 77 years old with knowing what's at stake you'd be smart enough to to not do that i mean i understand he's 77 years old but he's not a typical 77-year-old in that, number one, he's sometimes a billionaire, so money's not a problem. Number two, he still does steroids, so he's still jacked to the gills. If Vince McMahon wanted to get himself... Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Allegedly. (laughs) Hey, listen, those 3 a.m. workouts, you know. (laughs) If Vince... My point here is if Vince McMahon... This woman was 41 years old, okay, significantly younger than him. We're talking someone who, who's younger than his daughter, okay? If Vince McMahon wanted to get himself a hot young side piece outside the company, he'd have no issues doing it. So why is my question? Why did it have to be this paralegal who worked for the company to even potentially put yourself in this situation? Because it's the culture and you feel like you're untouchable. Because he could. Yeah, because he can and he wanted yes. to, and he's Vince McMahon, so he just did it. Yeah. He shouldn't have any problem getting, at a, getting a super attractive 40-year-old woman who doesn't work for him. That's, he could do that in a day. I mean, you know, it, it, so it, it's just that, that tells you it's the culture because he just feels like, ah, it's fine. That's why there's all these other NDAs. That's why he's just, when he gets tired of fucking her, hands her off to Laurinaitis. Yeah, that uh, that quote was a very interesting. What did it say? Like you know, passed her off like a toy or something like that in in the board of directors. Yeah. So that had to be like, that's a very weird quote to use. So that got that was used in an email or there was something. You know what I mean? Like that was such a weird quote to throw in there that made me believe that there was some like that. I forget. I'll try to find exactly what it was. The you know, passed her off like a toy or what was it? It was like a really awful. But it was in quote gave her like a toy. To yeah. Mr. Laurinaitis, which is a real. Yeah. Everyone's fine. Dogs are fine, by the way. Wait, yeah, dogs barking. No, stopped. there's a nurse is eating Cheez Its in this room, and the dogs are barking for the Cheez Its. So, <laughs> ah, 
It's no problem. We're just talking about a, a, a massive wrestling story with reverberations that could last forever. It's no problem. Yeah. Feed the dog. It's, feed the dogs cheese. It's while we're doing it's it. It's not fine. My fault that you spoil these dogs <laughs> so that they scream for food. Hit the bricks. All right, go away. There we go. All right. What were we saying? My dog enjoys goldfish. Goldfish. Yeah, they're great. Great. Uh, great. Great toy for uh, toy. Food, treats for everybody. Spots them when the people are eating them. And, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, and then and then that's it. Um, the my, other thing, my dog people, now look, knows the sound of a sticker being removed from an apple. Oh, like you know oh, when you have to take the yeah, sticker off yeah. the apple. Yeah, he knows that. <laughs> well, well, I gotta tell you when I when I get when when I get the groceries in, the first thing I do this is all right. You want we. We ripped you for not ro- for for rolling your windows down, even though you'd rather sweat than put the air on. Here's eccentric behavior from me. When I get the groceries in, the first thing I do before I even put any of the produce away is remove every single sticker from every piece of produce before it gets Ooh, put away. Ooh, that's juicy. That's a juicy one. Okay, so you don't put it in the bowl. It's not in a. It, it doesn't. No, you take the. Not in the bowl. Not in the fridge. Not in the pantry. Wherever wherever that piece of produce is going. The stickers have to be removed. I kind of like it. I feel like I might adopt that. I like it. I don't like. I I would not be able to sleep at night knowing the sticker is still on a piece of produce Hmm. down in the kitchen. They got to come off. I think I like that. I think I'm going to adopt that. Thank you. And now the other people in the house know that I'm crazy about. So now when they help put the groceries away, they (laughs) They know they start taking the stickers off. So it's a family affair. Like yeah, yeah, TLB will be down there with the avocados taking the stickers off. Incredible. (laughs) I mean, so it's like. I can't. Stand I love it. it. I, you know, personally, as as a man with much many many OCD uh, centric, th- I I love it. I think I'm going to adopt it. I never even thought of it. That's a great idea. You know how you get a a a, a bunch of bananas? Yeah, and it'll get have that like shit the, off of there. Ch- the Chiquita or the Dole sticker on it? Yeah, no, that's coming Garbage. right off. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's coming right off because I don't like being. I don't like looking at the produce when it has a sticker on it. It bothers me. It doesn't have the same know, shine I, to it. You know, the apples don't look as good because there's just a random. No. UPC code on them. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I like so, it. Yeah, I'm going to steal that, I've actually. Now, <laughs> I cannot wait to steal that. I can't wait to go, go, now, to, <laughs> I can't wait to, go to the grocery store and do this. I've successfully ruined your life now. Oh, yeah, this is awful. Day. This is ridiculous now. I'm going to look at it. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. And unfortunately, the dog now will no longer know the, the sound of a uh, – he'll just scream at me now when I take the stickers off after the, taking the groceries. But that's fine. He screams at me anyway. It's three and a half minutes of each week of your life. You never get back. <laughs> no. now you, no. you have to sit there. All right, let me take the stickers off the produce. Yeah. So <laughs> um, have this mango this sticker can't be on this mango. Or else. No, no. You can, I no, love it. I, I love it. I love it. I it's fantastic. I can't have it. The other thing is, this is not a typical CEO because <laughs> if right if he gets it. ousted, it's not just the guy running the company from. You know the business sense but he runs the fucking company from the creative sense so it also would create this massive gaping hole he's a control freak he has his hands and everything he's not just sitting at the end of a table in a boardroom delegating things out right what would happen every monday and friday and who's making the creative decisions who's making the decisions on directions who's you know, he does all of that. He's he does the everything. Yeah, he He's does the everything. Booker. So, you know, th- then then what? Nick Khan can't do that job. He can take over Stephanie's job and take over Vince's responsibilities. 
but the one thing he can't do is book the pro wrestling show, right? So do you hand the company over to Bruce Pritchard? That sounds like a nightmare. Oh, jeez. I, I, I honestly think he wouldn't even take it. <laughs> you know, with, with the, he's had some, a lot of health issues over the years. I think he, if they offered him that, he'd probably quit. Do you hand the company to Triple H? Well, he has a pacemaker now and probably shouldn't, you know, for his own health. I mean, does he want, does he even want the job? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, I, I wonder uh, if he's lost that love or uh, lost that, you know, fire and passion to do that. I don't know. That'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting question. Or how about, I just want to live till I'm 80, so I don't want to, you know, I, he's, he's a fucking sick man now. Uh, does Paul Heyman somehow worm into that position? <laughs> He'll try. <laughs> I know that. I could tell you for a fact that he'll try. Uh, I think the answer Wouldn't is clear. Know. It's it's I mean, it's J E double F J A double R E double T baby. Right. Look, Ain't listen, I great? It's not possible. <laughs> Just waltzing in there. Jeffrey Jarrett. Remember when we saw that? <laughs> did you see that last week? I know it's you were gone. Possible. I don't know. Did you see the we Dummy welcomes their new employee? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Jeffrey Jarrett. He always wins. He always wins. He was just at that company like six months ago. I would love to know that he like went to the onboarding, like shook everyone's hands, like thumbed through, you know, the, the paperwork. Yeah, yeah. Listen. Like, oh, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> like he was just there. No, director, uh... He's the director of live events. Jeff Jarrett is the yeah. man in charge of live events, a man who cut his teeth in Memphis. Yeah. Well known for their grandiose touring schedule. And then ran TNA, which also well known for traveling the world. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Just the Tennessee State Fairgrounds and the Impact Zone. But that's fine. <laughs> what the fuck? I, you know. But that man, is playing, he always wins. And people thought it was a meme when we were saying, no, I'm honest. This guy is always wins. Many people have adopted that meme. Now. They have stolen from us. We started it, by the way. Nah, you know. One of many things that have been stolen. From but that's fine. That's fine. I'm not angry uh, about it. You know, I'm not angry about it. Fine. I, I don't. A little, bit of a little bit of credit would be nice, but that's fine. You know. Nah, okay. I don't, you know. I, I don't. I don't need credit. What I don't need, though, is a prominent wrestling journalist saying, "Hit the bricks, dope." I mean, can you be more on the nose? Yeah, that but, that's that's Joanna um, through and through. I mean, geez. Um. Anyway, moving on. So, I mean, this could you know this could be. The reverberations here are more than even just a typical CEO. Is right, yeah. Insert CEO of PepsiCo. You know what I mean? Like, that person's out. It's like, well, people, they'll still know how to make Pepsi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like this guy wasn't running the floor and only he has the ingredients or only he knows the recipe or only he knows all that sort of stuff. That's not going to be the case. The CEO of PepsiCo or him or her, they could take her out and just put another person in there to, to you know, like you said, it, it, it's, it's a – he's not a CEO of a normal company. He is the CEO of a company that also runs every aspect of the company day-to-day, constantly. Including, most importantly, the product that's out there it is, is him. Completely him. 100% him. Yeah. And that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, the, the thought of that, like, if, if next week, you know, there's a shareholder takeover and he's gone and they tell him to go, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, it, the, again, the company is, is, is for the first time in what? When did he take this thing over? 83, 84, 83? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're talking almost 40 years. Yeah, first time in 40 years this company would have somebody else figuring out how to run the day-to-day operations of it. It's nuts. I mean, just from a wrestling fan standpoint, it can't be any worse. I mean, 
with someone else booking it oh, in no. a different yeah. vision. I mean, it might actually be watchable because right now it's unwatchable. It's just a horrendous, horrendous on-screen product. Um, so from that standpoint, it would only improve because it, it literally cannot. Well, I can it not? Be, I don't know. I, I mean, it'd be hard to be worse. There were probably some periods of TNA that were worse, um, but not not as many as people might think. No, like it's pretty bad. Um, you know, so look, this story is not going to go away. I don't think. I think we'll be talking about it in future weeks because there's going to be this. You know. We don't know a ton right now. I'm sure there'll be a massive break in this as soon as we we're done recording um, or, or over the weekend. And uh, I'm sure we'll be back on this topic again. The, 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 this could result in Vince McMahon being out of wrestling, which is crazy. Be a result and result here. Yeah, and we all I mean, we all thought and, and, and we have said before that we will do the Vince McMahon show. You know, the, the let's talk about Vince McMahon for three hours, but we're going to do that when he dies. And he's going to die booking a show, calling somebody about a show, or literally in the grill position. You, you know what I mean? Like, th- there was no doubt in my mind that that is how Vince McMahon and WWE was going to end with him, you know, keeling over at a table in Gorilla. Or, you know what I mean? Something like that is how it would go. It, it would just never, ever be him, you know. And then, in, you know, recent weeks we were talking about, oh, maybe they sell and that sort of stuff with the Stephanie information and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, now, it, it, for the first time in, in, in really this entire year has felt like the first time that it's been the shaky. It's been the shakiest ground that Vince has been on, again, since 1994. And it just continues to shake and it continues to shake and continues to shake. And, and yeah, you, you do wonder, you know, at what point does it, does it, does it finally – yeah, like, I, I don't know. He might, like, he might squirm out of this, like you said. But I, I also wonder if, too, they think that maybe the best idea is just to kind of kick, you know – kick him down and just kind of, okay, you're, you're still the majority shareholder. You're this sort of stuff. You know, you're not, you're, you're not a criminal. You're not going to jail or whatever, but like, we just need new leadership. We need a new CEO. We need a new sort of thing. And, and I don't know, maybe he still does some of the day-to-day stuff or something. I, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's just unfathomable because all we've known, all that anybody listening, you know, most people, all they've known in wrestling is Vince McMahon runs WWE. And for the first time in really forever, short of 1994, I mean, this feels like the first time it's like, we could start the show off next week saying that Vince McMahon is no longer the CEO of WWE, and that just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it's a huge story. You know, it's a, it's, it's not a wrestling story because it's, it's the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, no, it's a billion dollar company. Yeah, it's not a wrestling story anymore. It, it, this is it, again, yeah. they're a billion dollar company, a, a publicly traded company, a company on primetime television, a company that's getting mega TV deals, a company that that got a giant deal from Peacock to. I mean, this is, yeah, it has a ton of reverberations uh, more so. And, yeah, you can, just can't operate it like, you know, they were operating it seemingly in the way they were. And that's, to me, the most interesting part of this is, is those other NDAs. Like, a lot of people are focusing yes. on this $3 yeah. million story. I, to me, that feels like the, the smoking gun of the whole thing. And, and, but really, the other NDAs is like, okay, how vast, how much money, how many of these, like you said, were talent involved? If talent were involved, for, I mean, then we're really into a different level all to itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, a lot of things start, start happening. A lot of people might start poking, you know, at, at, at WWE and that's not good too. Cause WWE has a lot of business practices obviously that aren't, uh, 
uh, up to a lot of other standards as well. I mean, the independent contractor stuff, you know, that there's a lot of things in this company. Yeah, wait till wait till Johnny Random Journalist scratches the surface of this company. This is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, this is a company yeah. that I don't know that you really want to unlock the, you know, the crypt to see what's in there because it's uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of really, really, really like, weird I, I, stuff going on in this company yeah. that only we know, but a lot of people just go, ah, wrestling, oh, it's wrestling, oh, whatever. And it's like, no, these are pretty, like, Saudi Arabia, independent contractors. <laughs> Like, yeah, when it's when it's fuck up your life, hardcore journalist kind of guy who takes a look at this and they don't have to scratch too far beyond the surface. You know, Rita, who? What's this lady's last? You yeah, know, Ashley I mean, Massaro. Oh, she uh, a, an employee yeah. got raped in Kuwait and they just said, ah, don't yeah. let that don't let that ruin our relationship with the U.S. military. Ashley, you know. it's OK. Just let just water under the bridge. Let it go. When that guy sits down and cracks his knuckles and Googles Mel Phillips, you know, there's a lot to be uncovered here that a lot of just, you know, the gen pop, you know, population, uh, you know, isn't privy to that they got away with for so many years because of reasons, because it's just wrestling or because it was a different world, you know, and, 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 and certain things didn't reverberate the way that they, they do now. And you don't want those old bones being dug out of the closet either, you know, on top of everything else. So um, we'll, we'll have to, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, it's given us some content. It's given us, like, tremendous numbers in the, in, in, the, in the live chat tonight, more than we've done in a number of weeks. So people are into this, and they're interested in it. And they should. I mean, this is uh, one of the biggest stories uh, that's happened in, in, in wrestling history, really. I mean, this is, this is huge. This is gigantic, gigantic stuff here. Uh, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, uh, this just came across about a, about an hour or so ago. Um, yeah, about two hours, whatever. Uh, Scott & Scott Attorneys at Law, a national securities and consumer rights litigation firm, is investigating whether certain directors and officers of World Wrestling Entertainment, Inc., uh, breached their fiduciary duties to WWE and its shareholders. If you are a WWE shareholder, you are encouraged to contact attorney Joe Pettengrew, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Scott & Scott is investigating whether members of WWE's board of directors or senior management failed to manage WWE in an acceptable manner in breach of their fiduciary duties to WWE and whether WWE and its shareholders have suffered damages as a result. Yeah, so here come the lawyers yep. to try to capitalize on this. And this is all the residual fallout that is going to have to be dealt with even if he skates on this even if Vince skates on this this is the kind of shit that's going to uh that's going to result and there's going to be all kinds of fallout and, and and this is a good case of that so um you know even from that standpoint and again in, in a lot of ways it's the shareholders that are going to dictate where this goes so again and then he's got the Oliver Luck thing that he's still dealing with. Yes, that's a Vince. Vince and Wardlow had a lot of opponents this week. That's what I'll tell you. Yes, because uh, Vince McMahon and Oliver Luck. Uh, if you don't remember this story, Oliver Luck was the former commissioner of the XFL. Uh, they had a very bad falling out at the beginning of uh, the pandemic, April 2020, when Vince McMahon basically ceased operations for the XFL, uh, fired Oliver Luck. Oliver Luck said, uh, you can't really fire me because we had a contract and I had this sort of stuff. Uh, so they had settlement talks. Uh, they lasted uh, nine minutes. So that did not go well. Uh, and the trial now begins on July 11th. Oliver Luck is suing McMahon's Alpha Entertainment for $23.8 million. Uh, McMahon then countersued Luck alleging that Alpha incurred damages of 
172,000, very specific numbers here, uh, due to Lux contract breach. So yeah, it is kind of a Lux saying, Hey, you can't fire me. I, I, you know, I, I, you told me I'm supposed to get paid this, this, or this or whatever. And Vince McMahon saying, well, you didn't do your job. So I can fire you. Yada, yada, yada. So yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. Based on what I know about this one, I'm on Vince's side because Luck hired that player when McMahon was very specific in that he didn't want anybody with a criminal record of any kinds playing in the XFL. And he specifically told Luck, if I'm not mistaken, to not hire this specific player based on that. And then Luck hired the player anyway. Yeah, so no, I forget if I forget if Vince actually told him not to hire this guy, but Vince made it clear. I mean, you remember that video, that weird Yes. Green screen video where he's like, nobody with any past transgressions or anything. You know, that he, he made it very clear the, the idea of the XFL was that he didn't want players that had been arrested or players that had been in trouble or any of that sort of stuff in his his league. He didn't want it. So I don't know if it was specific about that particular player that you're talking about. I forget the guy's name or whatever, but uh, Luck just did it anyway. And yeah, if you're the commissioner of the league and the guy that runs the league says, hey, don't hire uh, or, or, or get guys that have, you know, had past transgressions or arrests or anything like that. Uh, in my league, and then you do that, uh, that's definitely going to be a problem. And then worse yet, Vince finds out, tells Luck, get this guy out of my league, and then the guy gets hurt, and then they they do for all of his medical They're bills. on the hook to pay him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because once he got hurt and was out for the year, they had to pay him and then also pay for his recovery and everything else. And if I recall, because we talked about this story at the time, this was during the pandemic, and if I recall, they there were even specific messages showing that McMahon had told him, dude, you know, I don't want this guy. And then he hired him anyway. And then that's why he fired him. So I, I don't know. I look again, you know, neither one of us are lawyers and we just give the layman's uh, sort of outlook on these sorts of things. But um, I, 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 from what I know about this one, Vince wasn't in the wrong, but this is just another headache for him to deal with, um, and, you know, with, with everything else. Um, collapsing potentially collapsing all around them so a uh, horrendous week for vince mcmahon not a great week <laughs> not a good week whatsoever uh moving on here uh this this we'll, we'll stick with one more dota uh, uh topic here i was hoping that a little bit more would come out about this but nothing yet has so i don't think we're going to get too long into this just because i again as of this recording on june 16th at 8 41 p.m or whatever uh still the only media member to report that sasha banks has been released is Raj Giri of, of Wrestling Inc. He says, I'm hearing Sasha Banks has been released. I don't know if he, he wrote he, I think he meant she, uh, requested it or if it was on WWE's end. Um, I said, hopefully, See, in my notes, said, hopefully by the time we record, we'll have more confirmation or details. We don't. So I don't know. This to me isn't even a report. This is just a, a tweet of someone saying that they heard something, you know? Yeah. And Raj Giri obviously is plugged in. He owned or owns, depending on whether you've heard the rumor that he sold it, uh, Wrestling Inc. for, what, two decades now, or probably close to it. Um, you know, obviously has sources in the industry. He's been hit or miss on these kinds of things, sort of tweeting out things that he's heard. Um, but this isn't like, this wasn't a story on the website. This wasn't Raj Geary officially reporting something. He was passing along something he had heard through one of his sources. So it, it, it's kind of even a stretch to call this a report. It's a tweet, but mm -hmm. we're, we live in an age where tweets are reports now. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, it, on one hand, you know, who knows? What I find interesting is now, since this is about 24 hours old now, there's a lot of people saying, 
why hasn't WWE said anything? I don't see, you know, WWE hasn't commented on this. Well, why should they? This is a just a tweet by a guy who owns a website saying that he heard something. I, I don't think WWE is obligated to respond to that or put out a statement or anything like that. Number one, it could not, it, it's possible that it's not true. Number two, it's possible that it is true and they agreed to confidentiality. Uh, it's possible that's true. And they agreed to some confidentiality for X amount of time. So I, I don't see this. We kind of went through this with the Jeff Hardy story too, and we'll get to that one in a minute. But this idea that these companies are obligated to like immediately respond anytime, you know, news breaks or something like this. This isn't even really this comparable isn't, to yeah, the, to the this, Hardy thing. This is just a tweet from a guy. I mean, right, why is right. WWE obligated to respond to this or put out a statement? <laughs> it could just it could be BS for all. Yeah, we if know. it's complete BS with no merit in, in, in truth or anything, like they don't have to say no. We didn't release the talent in question. Like, how many times do they have to do that a day? If you know, what I mean? like they don't, they're under yeah. no obligation whatsoever to say this. Now, if you know, it was past, you know, a bunch of people saying, you know, industry insiders or oh, I've heard from multiple sources or if it started gaining steam and a lot of other people were saying, hey, I'm also hearing the same thing. I'm hearing the same thing. Then yeah, okay, maybe you, you know, but if it's one tweet and pretty much everybody else that's checked it has basically said, eh, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, he's pretty connected, but I haven't heard anything. You know, that, that's kind right. of the common thing we get is like, and I'm not doubting that it's true, but like, I don't know, I haven't heard anything. So that's all we have so far. So it's uh, every every official and, and every story on every website is just a link to his tweet. So it's like they're just aggregating his tweet. So there's no, there's nothing for WWE to respond to. What do you want them to say? They're not obligated to respond to, to tweets. So this is nonsense. So uh, from that aspect, you know, uh, they'll say something when they have something to say. There might be nothing to say. You know, this this could be his source was misled or, you know, who knows what this is. Or it could eventually turn out to be the case. And it, and it is true. But it's hard for me to come on this show and talk about this because what – what do you want me to say? I don't know anything either. Like I, I don't, I don't have the sources Raj Geary has in WWE, and I, I couldn't even check on this if I wanted to. And the people who can, like you're saying, Rich, are just saying, I don't know. Shoulder shrug. We don't. We haven't been able to confirm it. So as of right now, it's just a Raj Geary tweet. Maybe it'll turn out to be right. Um, you know, and if he is and she is released, well, you know, then we can talk. I mean, um. You know, and then we'll see what her next move is. Does she want to do a vanity tour in Japan? Spend some time with stardom for shits and giggles? She doesn't need the money. She's a millionaire. Um, but does she want to do that because she's a wrestling nerd and, you know, wants to scratch an itch? We know she went over there and trained during her last sabbatical. Um, or does she just want to sit down with Tony Khan immediately and hammer something out and get back in the game and and prove those fuckers wrong in the other company? Or does she want to leave wrestling behind and try her hand at something else now that she has, you know, the money um, and, 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 and sort of the, uh, the power to pursue other things if she wanted to, the power that money gives you? I don't know the answer to any of those questions. And, you know, uh, we'll have to see if, if the release does come down the pike, uh, you know, what she chooses to do. I think that, you know, her fans who think she's just going to moonwalk into Hollywood like she's the next Audrey Hepburn. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, she has, you know, she gets she 14 seconds of the Mandalorian. She gets a bit part on the Mandalorian. I think she has two or three lines 
and all of a sudden she's Doris Day. I mean, can we pump the brakes on uh, 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 on Sasha Banks here? I mean, geez, you, you'd think that she's, uh, you know, that she's the next Meryl Streep if you listen to these people. So, you know, I, if she wants to try her hand at that, fine. But these people talk like, oh, well, she has Hollywood as an option. Does she? Does she have Hollywood as an option? I mean, is that a real option at this point? Or did she get a bit role in a series where nobody outside of wrestling gives a shit who that person was in that? I mean, what, can we reel back that talk? Yeah, that, that is kind of wild. Yeah, I don't know. I People definitely have, have taken – I think it's because The Rock and John Cena and Batista did what they did that everybody thinks that, you know, all you have to do to, you know, be – convert from a wrestler into a Hollywood superstar is just – you know, do it. You know, I mean, just say I'm gonna do it. But it, it's not the case. Like the Rock had to eat a lot of shit for a lot of years until he, you know, became Joe. Uh, you know, like you've mentioned, um, Batista. He, he was pretty quick. He was pretty quick down there. But like John Cena, it took a little while for John Cena to get going a, 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 as well. But like, yeah, all those people were starting from a, a bit of a higher place. I, I'd say than Sasha Banks. Not to say that Sasha Banks isn't a star. Or whatever, she is a star in wrestling. But yeah, the idea that like she can quit and then immediately she's like the star of these gigantic, you know, blockbuster movies. I, I mean, let's 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 calm down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I just uh, uh, look. Audrey Hepburn was all me. I'm not going to deny that one. But um, Doris Day was an inside joke for somebody. I just want to because they're making fun of me in the chat room now. But uh, I actually look, looked it up. Mar- Doris Day. She died in 2019. She had a great run. Doris. Meryl Day. Streep was a timely one. I don't want to get shit for that. Come on, that's she might be the greatest. American actress of all time. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the Meryl Streep. The Audrey Hepburn was all me. Okay, so yesterday, I, I, I'll explain the Doris Day reference. Okay, there's nothing more interesting than explaining a joke. <laughs> explaining but, a joke at um, length. Yes, go ahead, please. I got a text from somebody yesterday that says, and I'm going to read it verbatim. Banks thinks she's going to be a Hollywood star. She had three lines in The Mandalorian and thinks she's Doris Day. <laughs> to which I then buried the person <laughs> saying Doris, Doris Day. Day. I'm like, Doris Day? I think like, her really? peak in Hollywood was like a year in 1963 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like not really even that transcendent of a, of a star. But hey, good run. I mean, she lasted, uh, she lived till the, what do we got here? 97 years old. So good for her. Good for Doris Day. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that, you know, we got, look, I'm getting buried in the chat. So I just wanted to, to clear that up, you know? Now, now, Audrey Hepburn was all. No, made, that, that's that, yeah, yeah. That's one of my go-to's, though. Like, I understand that's not timely. You've either, used, but... I think you've used Judy Garland before as well. Um, have I used Garland? I, I believe don't know you if have. I yeah. Garland. I don't know if I used Garland. I don't know if I used Garland. But I've definitely used Audrey Hepburn. You've before, buried Garland before, for sure. I've buried Garland. Yeah, Did you're I not. Buried a, Garland? Yeah, I don't know. You said you weren't a big fan. I, I, I think... I'm not a big fan of Garland. I yeah, mean, I think that's. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think her singing voice kind of. Uh, it was kind of rough. I mean, same thing with uh, with the daughter. But um, I, I have no real opinion on Judy Garland. Why are we doing <laughs> yeah, this? Give your opinions um, of Judy Garland. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, that's the uh, that's the Sasha Banks thing. Um, I don't know if this one's uh, this one might be irreconcilable at now at this point. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know if uh, if this one could be fixed. Um, I'll tell you what though, if she just you know. Um, if she just moonwalks back in there, you know, I don't know if we could take these walkouts seriously anymore. I mean, this I'm already not taking it. I, I, I'm, I'm really, I mean, yeah, I, I was over it after the last one, but, uh, 
I guess we'll Listen, see on this one. Yeah. If this the one, state, then it's officially like let's just never pay attention to them ever again. So with the state of the roster, they should be giving her a call. Absolutely. Should be main event. Yeah, the... she should be the top dog. I guess that gets us into this one. Uh that's yes. a nice little uh fightful select. Randy Orton yes. could be sidelined for the rest of twenty twenty two with a back injury that may require surgery. But Joe, the good thing is every single week they have star making performances that make stars uh so they can just use their other stars. So yeah, only live once can uh, main event now because they have stars. Cora Jade can Man. be in the main events. It's just uh, because they have stars. So yeah, Cody is out. Reigns is like, once. that's not going to work for me, brother. As he strokes his goatee, yep. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. money in the bank. Yeah, where are we doing it at? The stadium? No, the the intimate confines of the MGM Grand Arena. Mm. Nah, <laughs> I'm good. Thank you though. Randy Orton. Yeah. Hey, The Sonic Rock, Banks. you available? Mm. No, yeah. <laughs> not really. <laughs> so let's see, Banks, Cody, Roman, Orton, uh, Lesnar fucked off again. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's time to turn up the heat on, like, fucking Mad Cat Moss, right? I mean, <laughs> right. We... I think we have. I think we're in that territory now. We're in, like, remember when they freaked out and just gave JBL, like, overnight? They are just like, all right, you're like. Jerry Ewing from Dallas, and you're going to win the title. <laughs> just go. Yeah. Just do it. Like, And they just did it. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're going to have to do it with Mad Cat Moss. They're just going to be like, I don't know. Fuck it, man. You're the champion. Whatever. Just figure it out. We're at that territory yeah. again. We're, we're there. I mean, they, they have nobody. <laughs> they have no stars. Matt Riddle is like legitimately, earnestly one of their top stars. The raw number was dire. Not great. Still got the competi- stiff competition, and I get that. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting bleak. I mean, there, I mean, we've said it before, but there's really nothing there. I mean, what do you, do you call up Braun Breakar and just try it? What's the harm? I mean, the last time they called him up, he got crickets. But you know, I think if you put him on TV for a month straight and you push him, you know, people then you can see if people are going to take to him. Or yeah. Not. Oh, I would certainly, I would certainly choose that over like. Bobby Lashley. You know what I mean? Let's do the Bobby Lashley thing again. And it's like, all right, you know what I mean, you're going to get with Bobby Lashley. That's what they're like, going to do. They're going to do Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and, and you know, that, you know, Riddle. Maybe Riddle. Edge. New baby face, new hot baby face Edge, who was obviously a tremendous business success the last time they did that thing. So, um, yeah. I mean, what, Rich, I, I listened to some of the Aaron Quinn show. She was very good, by the way. Knew she would be. Um, did did you guys address the uh, Edge beating Devitt at the pay-per-view? And <laughs> we then... did. We did. Yeah, I, I said okay. it's just – and I, I saw some people say, well, like, oh, well, you know, they just wanted to get through the pay-per-view. and that, it, but No. I mean, all no, you have to no. do – there's one thing no. you have to do is say, okay, Cody's out. He's going to wrestle this night, but we know he's out. All right. We were going to have Edge. We were going to have you pin – I keep going back to Devitt. What the – Finn Balor. Yeah. We're gonna have you fin- but you know, we're, guys, we're gonna have to switch other on Finn. You're gonna have to bit Edge because Edge, we're gonna turn you and all you had to do. Look, <laughs> look I don't do. listen. Listen, I don't have a problem with turning Edge under these circumstances no. and trying that again. They need to do something. My problem is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I was away. Cody did not tear this peck during the match. Uh, the no, pay-per-view. no, he 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 arrived at the building. Yes. 
and said, hey, look at this. And they went, oh, yeah. that's pretty bad. All right. That's worse. Okay. Uh, do you want to wrestle? <laughs> or can you wrestle? Or whatever the conversation was. And he said, sure. But then I have to go away. And they said, yes, you're going to have to go away for nine months after this. So I'll wrestle this match, but then you're going to have to go away. And yes, then they... Uh, uh, yeah, I, it's it's. Inex- I mean, again, any other company would get roasted for this for months on end. We would never hear the end of this shit if it happened in another company. This company has Edge pin Finn Balor, and then the next night, Edge's group beats up Edge and says, "You can't lead us anymore," and sides with Finn Balor, the guy that he beat at the pay per view. So, point being, <laughs> they were aware they needed to replace Cody as the top baby yes. face, and still. Let, it still booked that match in the manner that they that they uh, booked it. Correct. When they when they easily could have changed, I I don't know. Um, it's a terrible company. It's awful. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. It just didn't make any sense. I think I got the result backwards when I, but everyone knew what I meant. Um, I was gone. What do you want from me? But uh, yeah. So yeah, this is a major major problem. I mean, the problem with breaker is he does he's not even really over in nxt anymore like kind of like the dumb storylines have kind of sucked the juice out of him there i mean you could turn edge which they did and you know they've got lashley and mcintyre and maybe riddle that's a good look pushing matt riddle with what i've seen that this week they're like uh, you know, the next tweet after talking about, like, the, the horrible, you know, activities of Vince McMahon, like, they got to push Riddle. He's the next top star of the company. I'm like, hey, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. those optics again. That's, that's when Johnny Journalist does a little digging and discovers, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, is that who you want as your world champion yeah. when Johnny Journalist is sniffing around? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, tugging the collar. Hey, <laughs> yeah, not uh, no, hey, <laughs> probably not the guy I would choose. So, yeah, so I don't know. You know, when it rains, of course, this is what you get. Though the uh, the old chickens are coming home to roost now, yes. uh, since they can't make any stars and they fired uh, half the rosters. <laughs> yeah, so and then give people, you know, and then they get they get backed into a corner and they have to give people like Lesnar and Reigns all this power. Um, so those guys can just tell them to fucking to fuck off because they've got all the, the you know the uh, the leverage and the relationship again because they can't make any other stars. <laughs> so here we are, and it feels like we have this conversation once a month or so. Every time somebody goes down, you know, it's not it's not Otis going down. You know, they're losing all the top people one yeah. after another. To the point where people are like, ah, bring Bray Wyatt back. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what? Bray Wyatt. Do it. Sure. Do it. Why not? <laughs> the guy was making... <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's not going to fix anything, but. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, it's, eh, well. Yeah, bring... that, that guy's the reason that you can't. Turn the ones anymore. So, I don't know. What a shit show of a company in every regard. <laughs> it sucks. All right. Well, uh, AEW is not perfect either. Let's talk about this. Jeff Hardy has been suspended without pay by AEW 
Uh, and they have said they've only taken back if and when he completes treatment and maintains sobriety. Uh, that is because Jeff Hardy is facing three charges, including a felony DUI uh, for his arrest Monday morning in Florida. Uh, multiple drivers called 911 to report the erratic driving of a Dodge Charger. Uh, the trooper who initiated or who initially responded to the call uh, said that Hardy's car was going quote significantly under the speed limit, weaving across traffic lanes and running off the sh uh, running off the shoulder of the roadway. Uh, Hardy took a breath test immediately after, and he got a .294. Uh, the second test was a point two nine one. Uh, the legal limit in Florida is point oh eight. So point two nine four is uh, a lot higher than point oh eight. So this uh, yet another. That I was think a walking is, Molotov cocktail. I mean, good God, point two nine four at like what was it at eight a.m. or whatever at eleven a.m. Like Christ in the car, awful, awful stuff. Partying this, all night, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was wondering, like, is he going home at nine a.m.? Like, is that Yes. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, uh, this is, I believe, the third DUI in three years for Jeff Hardy. Uh, and AEW did say, you know, eventually come out and say that, you know, he's suspended without pay. Uh, and that they, again, will only take him back if and when he completes treatment uh, and maintains his sobriety. But uh, that is Jeff Hardy in AEW. And, uh, yeah, you want to talk a little bit about this because there was a lot of people saying, they got to come out with a statement. They haven't said a statement yet. They haven't said anything yet. And then they had to say, like, we want to, you know, talk to our employee first before we made a statement about this but uh yes yeah, isn't good i mean this this is this is awful and i hate to say it but this shouldn't come as a huge huge surprise to anybody uh because jeff hardy has done this uh, several times throughout his career unfortunately first of all um i would have never hired him to begin with i'm on record saying that i've said the I same would've... thing and I, I i said reasons like this or it was a yeah. big reason why I, a I, I don't really think he's a great wrestler B, I don't think he's that great of a draw anymore and i mentioned it, and you can go back and listen to the tape i said Jeff Hardy does Jeff Hardy things. Yeah. And I don't know that I want him in my company. These are Jeff Hardy things. Yeah. I wouldn't have hired him to begin with. That's number one. Number two, I don't have a problem with how Tony Khan is dealing with it and his decision. So he's uh, offering him rehab. And the last we heard based on the Khan statement was that, that Jeff was open to it or receptive to it. I forget the verbiage. Um, which doesn't mean he accepted it, but he was. It just means at that point he was open to it. Uh, so we, I, I don't think we know at this point whether he's currently uh, going through that rehab or or planning to do. But the point is, and then he said he cannot come. He's uh, suspended without pay. Number two, and then number three, he cannot come back until he completes the rehab and maintains and maintains yeah sobriety. Okay, I don't have a problem with handling it that way either. Although it's not the way I would have handled it. The way I would have handled it, again, working, look, I wouldn't have hired him to begin with. But I would have handled it this way. I would have offered Jeff Hardy the best rehab that money can buy. Because Tony Khan can certainly afford it. I would have offered him the best rehab money could buy. And if Jeff Hardy refused the rehab, I would fire him. And if Jeff Hardy accepted the rehab i would put him through that rehab until he completes the rehab and then i would put him on the shelf pay him his salary until his contract is up and then wipe my hands of him that's how i would have handled it yeah. um, if you want to go through the rehab i will pay for it and then i will pay you for the duration of your contract if you complete the rehab but you're never wrestling for me again that's how I would have done it. 
I don't have a problem with the path Tony's choosing. But with that said, you know, you're setting yourself up again. And I'm, and I don't know necessarily if that's helping the man either. But I'll leave that for people who are more well-versed in these sorts of things. But that would have been the path I chose. Tony chose his path. And, you know, as far as, you know, the guy gets arrested. And people are almost immediately, you know, calling for AEW to make a statement, make a statement. I saw one tweet, oh, there's the silence is deafening. What what do people think is what nefarious thing do people think is going on? Right? Relax. Okay, I know you want to go on Twitter and get people to slap like and show how fucking great and virtuous you are. I get it. I understand how social media works. But it really wasn't that long before they finally put a statement out. And when they did, it was because the boss wanted to speak to the man first before he said anything publicly, which is completely reasonable. He wanted Jeff Hardy to be the first to know how the situation was going to be handled. Right, and not find out what's going on with his life and his career via on Twitter. A Twitter, <laughs> a Twitter account. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, there is not. And then Khan confirmed with us that that's why. He said, I, I asked him directly. I said, based on your statement, it sure looks like you just wanted to talk to Jeff Hardy first. He goes, that was exactly it. That's all. I wanted to make sure I spoke. And he couldn't, he didn't speak to Jeff until that, until I think it was Tuesday morning. Guy was in jail. So as soon as he was able to have a conversation with Hardy and lay out the plan and speak to him and see if he would accept or if he was open to the rehab, then he put out the statement. That's called doing things the right way and doing things responsibly and finding out where this guy's head is and letting him know what you're going to, how you're going to handle him before you hand. That's way more important than rushing something out on, on Twitter. What the fuck is Twitter? Twitter doesn't mean anything. Get it through your heads. So I don't know. That bothered me. Yeah, it, it was kind of, it was definitely strange. And it's like, the, in, in the real world, how real bosses work, like, yeah. A, again, like, the, what, regardless of what you think of Jeff Hardy or whatever, you don't want him to find out that he's being suspended without pay and then he has to go to rehab and all that sort of stuff via him finding it on. You know what I mean? Like, him scrolling his phone and finding this out. Like, that's just not professional behavior. That's not good behavior. The guy was in jail. So, Tony Khan wanted to talk to his employee, uh, you know, before he, or, or, or talk to one of his wrestlers before he put the statement i mean i think that's totally reasonable but uh yeah you know and they took the match graphics down for the three-way ladder match so it's pretty clear that that wasn't going to happen i mean would aw sending out something that said we are aware of an incident that happened and we're evaluating would that really make you feel better as as a fan you see here's the thing these people don't really care about that they don't i can't accept that there's a fan out there that goes, ah, phew, I was worried that they weren't investigating yeah. this at all. Yeah. They are. yeah so. It's not real. It's yeah, all it's performative all, it's, bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I'd like to meet Joe Sixpack, who goes, oh, phew, I was wondering. I was thinking they weren't going to investigate this. but they Oh, are. they God. are looking into it. Great. <laughs> yeah, no, now I feel better. Yeah. Oh, they are aware. Oh, fantastic. You don't really care about that. You care about the statement that eventually came out. And it was done with thought put into it and the per- and the principal people involved being privy to what was going to happen. So, 
anyway, I, I needed to get that off my chest. And yeah. now we're seeing the same thing with it. Now, listen, I understand it's not the same kind of story, but we're seeing the same thing with this Sasha thing now. And it's ridiculous. That one's extra ridiculous because <laughs> there's nothing some... to it. Yeah, this yeah. is at least like a thing that is on the books of the Florida State Patrol and all. And in like... this case, AEW would would they had to say something eventually? Of course, they had to. The Sasha thing, WWE isn't even obligated to say anything at any point. That one's even dumber. It's just someone tweeting something. I mean, come on. But um, yeah, but no, Hardy would never wrestle for me again. I'd help him. I would pay for it. I would give him all the resources he needs. I'd even pay him to the end of his contract, but he would never wrestle for me again. So I don't know. What else is there to say about it? Yeah. Oh, he was pulled off the AAA show. So obviously. Um, so Matt Hardy's going to have a mystery partner against, uh, what is it, Trilistico? And I don't mean to put you on the spot. I no, can't that's fine. I'll name. look it up. I'll look it up. Um, so yeah, that's the other kind of trickle down effect the AAA booking for the uh, Triple Mania Tijuana show this uh, this Yeah, weekend. it's Dragon Lee, Drillistico. And it was supposed to be Dragon Lee and Drillistico uh, against the Hardys. So right now it's Matt Hardy and TBA versus Dragon Lee and Drillistico. Yeah. So, and uh, look, I'd be okay with Jeff Hardy never wrestling again. I, I, you know, I think that maybe, you know, he just needs to, you know, fix whatever's wrong with him in regards to this before he hurts somebody. Um. You know, he's going to sunny someone. I, that That's the worst case mm-hmm. scenario here. Is he sunny someone? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, and that if, if you don't know what we're talking about, I mean, sunny multiple, multiple, multiple DUIs, several DUIs, license taken away. She's still getting DUIs, still getting DUIs. Uh, and then, yeah, what was it this year? She literally killed somebody. So there you go. That's, you know, it's a miracle, again, that a guy can blow whatever, you know, point two four nine four thousand times over the limit yeah, yeah. and and yeah the, the the good thing is that he was under the speed limit weaving across traffic lanes running off the shoulder but didn't hurt anybody it didn't cause an accident it didn't run anybody just... over it didn't i mean that's it's the fucking miracle <laughs> you know so yeah get that shit figured out uh, before we ever worry about when he can come back and wrestle it's like stop putting other people in danger by getting I behind don't... the wheel of a car worry about that first and then worry about you know wrestling again i'm a non-drinker so i'm very careful with this stuff because i never want to come off preachy you know what I mean? But I just don't understand it, and I never will. Oh, in the year of our Lord 2022 as well. It's like, so unnecessary. Call I, a fucking Uber. Right. I don't I understand. I get in 1993 if you're like, ah, I don't want to pay for a taxi. It has never been easier to get somebody to drive you from point A to point B. Never easier. doesn't make sense. It, it, it'll never add up to me. Um, on rare occasion, on rare occasion. Because, you know, kids, everything else. But my wife has an opportunity to just go fucking enjoy herself. And just go out with her friends and get drunk. Yeah, she, she knows. Anytime, day or night. They, it, it's not even a... It, think about it. I'll come get you. I'll call an Uber. Whatever it takes. Yeah, I just, I don't I just, understand did, it couple, it. I just did it a couple weeks ago. Uh, uh, the nurse was going out with some friends. And I said, hey, you know, let me know. I'll stay up or whatever. I call her at 10 p.m. She goes, no, it's fine. No, I'll, I'll drive home. I'm fine. I said, I'm not going no. to bed. You know that, right? Like, she goes, no, no, I'm fine. I, you know, she calls back at 1030 and goes, yeah, never mind. You should probably come get me. And then I got her at 2 a.m. And she was very drunk. Let me tell you, exceedingly drunk. But I uh, picked her up. And then, yeah, 
left her car wherever it was. We found it. We found a cop and said, "Hey, can we leave her car here? Because she's pretty drunk and we don't want her driving home." And he said, "Sure, leave the car." Said, "Not going to give us a ticket." He goes, "Nope." And we said, "All right, cool. Thank you." Yeah. I went to pick my ex up once from from the bars and I got pulled over for speeding and the guy was like, "Ah, it's two 30 in the morning. Where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm picking up my girlfriend who's drunk. So she doesn't have to drive home. And he let me go for He let me go. He's like, Oh, well, thank you very much. He's like, slow it down, but you're doing a good thing. (laughs) You know, it was like, there's no excuse for it. I, 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 and again, I I don't want to come off. Like the last thing I want to do is come off. Like I'm preaching. I, I, well, no one I wants mean, to hear from no, you the guy pre- who doesn't drink. Right, you know, right, right, right. But I, no, I, I'm I not coming from that standpoint, though. It's like I drink. I have driven at times. At, you know what I mean? But never yeah. at point two nine. No. No. If I ever, 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 ever got anywhere near that limit, I don't even think I've ever been that drunk. I mean, that, that's fucking so insane. Did you yeah. see the video? How's that man operating? He couldn't a stand. He couldn't stand. He couldn't stop. It was awful. Yeah, it was it, 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 it was horrible to watch. I mean, I, I'm somebody who's had you know that in his family and, and friends and all that sort of stuff, and it was awful to watch. Like it was. He's really, presumably really... rich. Hire a driver for the night. Yeah. I, I, like there's so many options. There's so many options. Uber, Lyft. Hire a fucking limo. Hire a personal driver for the night. I mean, I. That may, and he has the resources to have every option at his disposal. Right, right. I, I also too like a, a a good bar should notice that their guy that somebody in their place is looking like that. You know what I mean? Bars have been held liable for that at times. Yeah. And mm-hmm. here's the other thing too. He's Jeff Hardy. Wherever he is, he can't get a <laughs> yeah, drive Jeff, him home. Like look at look at Jeff Hardy. Like you know that's Jeff Hardy, right? Like it's not you know. Yeah, you, know, you can't get a fan to drive him home. I mean, <laughs> it, there's so many options. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah, it, it's insane. But I, I'm with you. I I do not think I would ever let him wrestle in my company ever again. And and nah, I don't want to do this thing too. But I did mention on the Double or Nothing review that I I didn't. He was very weird in that match, and and I didn't buy the knocked loopy thing from the beginning. I don't want to insinuate anything. I don't know, but yeah, it, it wouldn't be the first time for this guy. So yeah, it's just yeah, Jeff Hardy does Jeff Hardy things, and you choose this when you hire him. And you're I'm I'm sorry. You get the pops, you get the, I'm doing the damn, I'm doing the hardy. You get that, you get the pops, you get all, but you also get this stuff and you have to weigh, is this important? Is this stuff, which has happened multiple times over and over again, this stuff, is this worth the pops and the dance and a few swantons? I mean, no, but. Yeah, well, see what happens. There it is. I, it, it, the part of the statement that's interesting, though, is maintain sobriety. What's that mean? Yeah, how long? What does that mean? How? What do you have to and do hopefully to prove that? that? Gets, yeah. Hopefully that gets asked the next mm-hmm. time. You know, that, that. I mean, I got to tell you. <laughs> you're, you're funny. I do, <laughs> you're a funny guy. Yeah. Well, Rich, I'm on these calls. I, I, I rarely get I rarely. Are you get excited for on. Forbidden Door? <laughs> that's, that will get asked before. I can, well, listen, I can only you can ask. speak to my customers and my listeners and that's in my notes that's my question that's my question what does that mean in regards to jeff hardy maintain your sobriety could you explain what that means so that you know the next time i have an opera i i've got a crack at tony in a public setting like that in a public uh you know press event more than likely it'll be you know the forbidden door call if they do one for forbidden door which should be short which should be soon they typically do one for every pay-per-view 
Cody used to do them. Now Tony does them. Doubtful it'll be one of the scrums at an event because I just I don't go to the events. But that'll be my question. So I don't know. If I get called upon, it'll get asked. But uh, unless something else happens in wrestling over the next uh, couple of weeks, which the way wrestling's been going, who knows? But, you know, that's the interesting thing to me. What does that mean? What does he have to do to prove that he's maintaining sobriety? So that's an answer I'd like. All right. So that is um, that is the Jeff Hardy thing. That's the Sasha Banks thing. That's the Vince McMahon thing. That's the Randy Orton thing. We've gotten all the major hits here. We're doing well. We're doing good here. We're, see, people are always like, oh, there's too many topics. You're not going to be able to get to them. When we need to. When we need to. We can, we can, we can hit this stuff. We can make a very concise... Uh, show we're not fucking around well now joe we have a lot of different ways to go and i don't exactly know where to go next uh this is the the part of the show where we, we there's a bunch of stuff that would have all been a big deal uh in a normal week but we had to cover all the other stuff for the first hour and a half we got nwa we got impact uh dominion forbidden door Cyberfest, west coast we should, all japan where do you want to go do, i think we should do dominion and then talk about the g1 all right let's do that so we'll start with dominion obviously a very big show uh, usually on the New Japan calendar, and this year was obviously no exception. Uh, the big story coming out of this is in the main event, IWGP World Heavyweight title match. Jay White defeated Okada to become the brand new uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, cut some great promos after the match in the ring, and then cut a great promo uh, backstage as well. Uh, basically alluding to AEW, alluding to you know a bunch of the other wrestlers in AEW, alluding to a lot of the other guys. So really kind of getting the Forbidden Door thing all together. Also kind of selling the Bullet Club angle that they've been really trying to hit over the head for, for a long time too. The Bullet Club Civil War, all that sort of stuff. You know, reintroducing the Good Brothers. Uh, a lot of stuff happened here in this main event of Dominion. And I thought a really, really good match too between Okada and Jay White. Uh, not my favorite match of the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a bit, hopefully. But uh, I thought really good stuff. Uh, I think Jay White looks good. I think Okada has been great this year. Like, legitimately great. I've loved Okada's output uh, in 2022. But, uh, yeah, were you were you surprised at all that Jay White uh, won the title? Or was this something uh, you saw coming? Because I think we've we, you've, we've kind of alluded to it uh, and, and even, I think, reported it as well, that this was probably the direction things were going to go. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I didn't have a super good feel for who was going over here. I know that the company has wanted to get the belt on Jay White before the G1. And they were finally able to accomplish that. It was just, you know, White didn't want to come to Japan for a long time. And one of the key components to this Bullet Club Civil War storyline that they have been trying to do and that they finally have kicked off in small doses was getting the world title onto Jay White. And now they have accomplished that. So, um, the one thing with Dominion is it definitely didn't feel like a Dominion. It felt like a wrestling Hinokuni or wrestling like like uh, uh, all New Japan Road uh, kind of show um, in terms of the power of the lineup. Um, definitely not a a, a a typical oh not a power, powerhouse Dominion yeah. lineup. I mean, Dominion's the second, arguably the second biggest show of the year behind Wrestle Kingdom, I guess you can make an argument for King of Pro Wrestling, but I would say it's Dominion more than the G1 final or the King of Pro Wrestling or anything. It's Dominion, same biggest show of the year, um, typically. And, and you know, while it did have two very strong matches on paper on the back end and, and, and a couple of title matches, um, you know, on the Tanahashi-Goto thing, you know, it's interesting that they moved a lot of their title matches to the upcoming tour. You know, the junior tag team title match and 
And uh, instead of do- normally you would just do all of your title matches and all of your big matches on Dominion. So um, it's a little odd from that standpoint. And the lineup, you know, wasn't the usual powerhouse Dominion lineup. Uh, main event, uh, what'd you think of the actual work uh, between Okada and, and, and Jay White? You know, I'd gotten used to, you know, the 20, 25 minute main events that they had started doing again, but it's Jay White. So, you know, you're going to get your 35, th- what was this? 30? Yeah, it's 3605. Yeah, I, I, I was the same way too. When, when uh, uh, Kevin Kelly, I was listening on the English commentary, goes, well, we just hit the 25 minute mark. And well, Jay White's back. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because Okada was yeah. finishing these things in, you know, 20 one minutes and 18 minutes that sort of stuff uh but yeah when i heard the 25 minutes I said, whoa 25 minutes oh well yeah he's back yeah. <laughs> there we go it's jay white made events but uh i think he fills the time pretty well i mean this didn't feel like egregiously long but yeah the, i would prefer these get tightened up a little bit but but I, it's probably not gonna happen this is this is what he does look jay white tells a long story in the ring and and some people really dig it i'm hit or miss there's times i've come on this show and buried his 40 minute matches because they just didn't hold my attention and there's times where I've said that was very compelling and I enjoyed every second of it. This one, I'm somewhere in the middle. I thought the work was excellent. I think this was a match they clearly could have shaved some time off of. Um, they didn't need to be as long as it was to tell the story that they told. I thought the closing stretch was very dramatic, but not in the usual New Japan kicking out a finisher kind of dramatic way uh, in that. They really did suck me into Okada, thinking Okada was going on his typical closing stretch there. And then Jay White hitting the switchblade out of nowhere. Jay White, the switchblade is just the perfect counter for Okada's offense. And it always uh, done in a creative way where you don't necessarily see it coming. And uh, so I thought the finish was awesome. I really... Uh, love the finish. I think these two guys have excellent chemistry. I love the match in MSG. I might be the high man of all time on that match. I thought that was a near five-star match. Almost nobody agrees with me. But I just think these guys have unreal chemistry. It was displayed here again. I just think you could have shaved some time off. That's all. So, notebook? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was too good. But lower level. Four, four and a quarter. Somewhere in that range. Yeah, I, and, and you're absolutely right that the the counters and that sort of stuff were great. And these guys, like you said, they insane chemistry. And uh, especially cool for for Jay White, who obviously has not been around in Japan for a long, long time. Obviously, we've talked about it at length uh, on this show and and at FlagshipPatreon.com and all the some of the issues that he was having and then the frustrations he was having about coming back and forth between Japan and the quarantining, all that sort of stuff. So he's pretty much not in Japan for most of this year and most of uh, a lot of last year. Uh, as well so yeah he does one of those you know best of the super junior tags six man or whatever uh that comes right back here in the main event and and he didn't miss a beat i, I think he was he was right in lockstep with okada like you said uh okada i i you know again i think he's having one of his best years in 2022 and i'm a little disappointed you know that his title reign is ending here i was really hoping we were going to get just an extended long title run but i get it i understand why we're going to jay white i understand why it's happening but uh yeah he's been great this year uh, i think he's looked super healthy i i, I think his overall work uh, has been great it makes all the the, the you know the, the pearl clutching about oh his back the back of Oka. remember all that it's just oh he's i think we're so past are we that so far point. past that are I we mean, done with that forever i hope I we mean, are he's, done with that this is a, we're going on like two years good of great can work we let's now, never do that ever again yes because that was yeah. the worst period of, of discourse ever where we were saying i think he's not being great on no no he's actually on death's door he's actually about to retire and now yeah for the 
two straight years he's been great. So it was um, definitely a little A, little B, but more B. Like he was wor- he was weaving his injured back into story and clearly deliberately working down a bit on purpose. Right. I think, you know, I, now he's up it, again it, and he's fucking great. Uh, so yeah, I thought this was good. I'm probably about right where you are. I've seen some people that really, really love this match. I'm probably four and a quarter for, you know, four flat. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that's, you know, somewhat of a tough marker. But I think, you know, a really good match. Definitely want to go out of your way to check out. And definitely the finish you're going to want to check out. Uh, as well as the post-match, Joe. I don't know if you, uh, did you did you stick around for the post-match promo? Uh, Jay White, he, I mean, the, the promo was phenomenal. Uh, you know, he, he has really found his groove. He's always been a good promo. I thought his promo on Dynamite last night was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's I mean, great. He just has a certain – he has his own cadence. He's not ripping anybody off. And when I say that, look, wrestlers always borrow from one another. They borrow from the past. They all have influence. His cadence in his promos is truly unique in his own, which I do think sets him apart to some extent. Um, and he just crushed it on this show and he also crushed it on dynamite he is an exceptional talker uh this one in particular was great too as he um basically goaded the fans into breaking protocols and just said i want to hear you cheer cheer and like yeah. you know one guy goes woo. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. and then he goes no more and then like three people go woo, 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 you know and then by the end i mean i it wasn't you know it wasn't all whatever i don't know what the attendance was of this it wasn't all uh 6,000 people at, at Osaka Joe Hall doing it, but he got a good 50% of the crowd to, to start rooting and hooting and hollering. And it was like, ah, what a noise. What a noise, Joe. It's back for that one promo and then gone again. But hopefully again soon. It was nice the, to hear the, the noise of people making noise again. That's all. The saying. wrestlers are getting really, really impatient with this. And you see more and more of them speaking out on it. Whether it's Jay White here very publicly during the show. Uh, Robbie Eagles had some things to say where he can't wait for people to be able to do his kind of thing. And he was calling for uh, Will Ospreay has been vocal on Twitter about, you know, the Japanese government. Let's get a move on here. So you're seeing the rest. And I'm sure the Japanese wrestlers whose tweets I can't understand. uh, I'm sure some of those guys are doing the same things. So they're really getting impatient. I can't blame them. It's a it's an interactive art form. You, you, you need to know what the crowd is feeling in order to work a match. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, the fact that these guys, and, and I'll give these guys all the credit. I mean, they, they've been doing this for two years now. They've been yeah. doing working in front. I mean, just imagine how long these people, have been. we, we at the time, you know, <laughs> thought, Oh, this is, you know, just do this for another couple of months or whatever. Oh, Hey, it's in front of no crowds. And that's going to be hard. You'll do it for two years. They've been doing this for So I'll, I'll give these guys all the credit in the world. Cause it is not, an, like you said, it's an interactive art form. It is not an easy art form. It's not easy to tell a story without knowing what's working, what the crowd's reacting to. It's it just, it naturally gets you more hyped up. You know, a bunch of clapping isn't going to, it's not the same as 6,000 people screaming or 16,000 people screaming. Like there's a whole different animal of that, uh, that hypes you up. So yeah, I'll give all these credit to these guys in the world for, for still going out there and still working their asses off. Uh, d- despite the crowds being the way they are, but uh, yeah, every everybody is really ready for this just to, to to really just rip that bandaid off and let's go. And I know that some venues and some companies are going to start doing it next month or whatever. It's I don't know if that affects the G one or what's going on with the G one. I think some people have told us don't get too excited about the G one. I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, yeah, it, it's we're all we're all definitely ready for it. And, and the crowd feel felt a little ready for it as well when, when JY was doing that promo. So I'm excited to finally have it happen hopefully soon then the big bullet club celebration at the end yeah bunch of beer getting drank sweets all around sweets all around the good brothers are back in tow ace austin's now a bullet club member 
Uh, and then the great uh, post-match promo. Did you, did you listen to the one where he's at the desk as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Great. Just another great stuff. You know, AEW, I, I, I'm the reason AEW, you know, I beat Kenny and then he went to run away. You know what I mean? Like, good, good, great stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's he set up like seven future matches in that one promo. So good for him. I, I like his new shtick too. You know, he always says he sold out MSG. Now he's saying he sold out Forbidden Door. Yeah, I sold out the United Center. I sold out Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it's just yeah. tremendous stuff. And I you mean, know what? He's in the main event, so it's like, you know. Yeah. He, he didn't, uh, but he was in the main event of the MSG show, and he was in the main event of, of you It's know? great heel shtick. Yeah. It's just, it's just great stuff. Someone pointed this out on Twitter, that when the Bullet Club were all given the Bullet Club salute and taking their pictures at the end of the show, that the Good Brothers were doing the Elite hand sign. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Mm. Oh. There we go. There we go. See, I like that. That's good little storytelling. It's, you know. Subtlety. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I am still embracing the Bullet Club thing for now um, because I think I Talk would. Talk to me after the G1. <laughs> can I, no, can I, I agree. Can I hold my thoughts until after the G1? Listen, I the for now was the key. <laughs> yes. Phrase. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> because I think the Bullet Club was, I'm, I was so over it that anything uh, we've talked about before. I'm, yeah. I'm into what directions this. Oh, thing dude, is I love go. the Tamatonga like hot young baby face is like awesome. I yeah. love that shit. It's great. But yeah, we'll get, feel, yeah, and I guess we'll get to that. But, but they feel uh, different for the first time in like ten years, so that I do. can't get a, you know upset about. Yeah, and I want to see how it all shakes out. I want to see how the other you know, promotions get involved with it because it is going to be wide ranging and, and, you know, little things like that, you know, the little elite hand sign instead of the bullet club hand sign, those are little Easter eggs that you're going to have to pay attention to. And, and, you know, um, it's certainly more interesting to have bullet club warring with each other than it is to just have bullet club being bullet club. That's the way I'm approaching it. Uh, let's uh, go. Do, uh, let's go to some other parts of Dominion here, uh, real quick. So the IWGP US Heavyweight Title match. This was the semi-main event, the vacant title. Uh, this was strange. So, do you know? Do you know anything more than what everybody else knows about this? What the hell's going on with this Juice Robinson thing? Oh, uh, the the appendicitis. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is, that's so that's that's hundred percent real? He's got appendicitis. I, it's all okay. Look, I, I as far as I know, I put a I put a big report behind the paywall on the $5 tier today with uh, how the G1 all came together. And I can tell you that at least, how can I phrase this? At least one wrestler on the roster clearly believes that he, that he's really sick. If that's what you're getting at. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, it's, I, I, just, I, don't yeah, think I don't, I don't think that it was like, Hey, I'm not going to do business brother, but are we just like, is it COVID? And we're just saying it's appendicitis. The, the part oh, that was like, really, okay. Well, I can tell you this. I can tell it's you New that. New Japan. I, I, I'm always a little dubious about New Japan injuries. I could tell you, though, that there was a contingency plan in case he couldn't work G1. Okay. Which tells me that it's probably real. Okay. But I understand your skepticism. Mostly with the we don't have the title <laughs> thing is just strange, right? Like, Yeah, the fact that there was no title belt. That was so low rent. <laughs> I love that Will called it out immediately. He goes, hey, mate, where's the belt, mate? <laughs> like, what the heck? No belts? What are we doing, mate? It's just like... As well he should have because he right, I'm not wrestling without a belt. Yeah, get the hell out of here. They don't have a replica laying around? <laughs> there's or... No, there's one belt? Why is there only one belt? That's WCW shit right there. What are we doing, New well, Japan? Yeah. I, I don't know what the usual protocol is with Japanese promotions in terms of... Because the American promotions have a TV, a, a belt that they use for TV... That's all shiny and bright and, and nice looking. 
and then a house show belt that like the wrestler carries or, or <laughs> right, the carry around belt the one that goes in your bag uh when there's you're... one in the fucking ring truck that they have many versions of these belts I guess New Japan doesn't have another version of this fucking belt laying around. They don't sell replica belts. That again, I don't. <laughs> so strange. I don't listen. I'm asking in earnest because I don't buy merch. They don't sell replica belts. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. I, I I'm honest. I don't. Know. How do you not have another belt laying? That it was so <laughs> low rent. And if here's the thing, and if you knew the guy wasn't going to be there, and you knew you weren't going to have a belt, couldn't you have done something to get another fucking belt? If you knew this was going to be an issue. That's, what I'm saying. that's why a lot of this is weird, and, that, and that's why I asked that question, is the no belt thing just really threw me for a loop. Can he put it in a FedEx box and send it? <laughs> now, I see what you're saying. That made you think this is all a work. Like, now Juice Robinson is going to have the belt and claim that he's still the champ or something. Is that where you're going with this? Sort of, yes. I'm wondering, is this a short-term thing that they're going to try to turn into a story? Like, the no belt thing threw me for an absolute loop. If he's got appendicitis... No problem. He can't defend the title. Like you said, puts in a FedEx box, does whatever. They get the title belt. They have a record belt, whatever. Juice Robinson is stripped of the title. The fact that they come to Dominion and Osaka Joe Hall have these two men get in the ring, wrestle, and there's just they don't have the belt. It's like, what the fuck's okay, going on? So Why does this man not have the belt? If it does end up being part of the storyline, then we recant all of this, and we got worked, and that's good because right. we want to be worked. I'll, I'm fine being worked. Um, yeah, but it, it, it definitely came off uh, – low rent for sure unless they they are in fact doing a story as far as the match it was neat and tidy oh dude, i mean more of the i loved 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 this match because what happens is the bell rang will osprey ran at him immediately and then basically just assaulted this man for 10 more minutes and then beat him yeah and won the title it's great yeah i mean i gotta tell you sonata didn't get much offense here no he didn't know should he yeah i love it Fine. And, Who cares? I don't need. I don't need to not offense. To be honest, I, I like this a lot better. And Osprey beat him clean as a whistle, so they didn't do any like no more like referee shenanigans with Osprey or anything like that. He just won the match and won the title. So, and it was a good, solid match. The back end of the show was very good. Yeah. Because, and I guess we could transition to it. The Carl Anderson Tamatanga match, where Carl Anderson won the never title. Look, we talked about this several weeks ago. Carl Anderson in New Japan is a solid B-plus wrestler. The effort's there. The performance is there. Everywhere else in the world, he's like a D or a C-minus. And, <laughs> and readily admits as such, too, which is the best part of this weekend. Correct. If you didn't see his post-match promo that Rich is alluding to, he flat out says it. And <laughs> Gallows is like trying not to break character and laugh his ass off because Anderson is like, look. Full house, 7,000 fans, I'm going to try. 200 fans, no fans. He's like, I'm not going to try. Like, I'm paraphrasing. But he, like, he said the quiet part out loud. He basically admitted that he doesn't try when he's an impact. And, uh, you know, but New Japan, which as we've talked about, he clearly gives a shit about New Japan. He, he loves New Japan. He loves New Japan, and they love him. And, and that was yes. something I did. I did a, a series on, on G1 Finals and Tokyo Dome Finals. And, but you know, recently I did a, a, a series on G1 Finals uh, last year on FlagshipPatreon.com. And I was talking about one of the G1 Finals that he was in. And a lot of people were like, oh, Carl, I can't believe Carl Anderson was in it. And I was like, this dude is a lifer. Like, this guy was a, a Cincinnati indie dude who, much like Chase Owens, do you, do you remember the story of how Carl Anderson actually came into New Japan? Uh, tell tell everybody. Yeah, but so essentially what happened was is somebody got hurt. I forget exactly what it was. 
Uh, I'll try to figure out exactly remember what it was. But so they were doing. Oh yeah, Yuji Nagata got hurt, and they were doing like this NWA New Japan because he was just a random indie dude. You know what I mean? He had bounced around a bunch yeah. of places. He was in kind of loosely in the NWA or whatever. They were Chad doing, too bad. Yeah, yeah, literally called Chad too bad or whatever. And yeah. Yuji Nagata got hurt uh, the 2008 New Japan Cup. And they needed somebody on short notice. And much like Chase Owens did all those years ago is basically overnight just said, yeah, I'll, I'll come. I'll do it. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you guys need. I'm there. Went there, performed, and, and pretty much immediately after they signed him to a one-year contract. Yeah. And, and, and he was an original L.A. Dojo guy. Right. Which is, yeah, the part you kind of hopped over but to get to the point. But, yeah, he was an original L.A. Dojo guy. You know, the TJP Samoa Joe Rocky Romero, Ricky Reyes, uh, Brian Danielson, Sarah Del Rey. Am I missing anybody? That era. Uh, Sh- yeah. uh, Mike Nichols, Mikey Nichols. Uh, not Shane Hayes, but Mikey Nichols. I think that's everybody uh, that eventually made it anyway. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. You know, an indie guy in Cincinnati and then a L.A. Dojo guy. And then, like Rich said, jumped in and did him a solid. And when and, you do uh, that, you're pretty much, you know, you're, you're, you're respected and loved. <laughs> that's the thing with... People say, oh, I can't believe they're still booking Chase Owens. And it's like, well, that guy on like 24 hours notice got on a plane and, and came over to New Japan to help them yeah. uh, fill a, a role. And they've pretty much from that point forward have said, well, you got a job for life pretty much. And, and yes. And that's what happened with Anderson. They signed him to a contract immediately after the New Japan Cup. And he was there until 2016. And yeah, he obviously left for what he felt was bigger and better opportunities or whatever. And, and now he's back. And yeah, I have no doubt that he's going to go out there and kill him. We talked about it a couple weeks ago with Carl Anderson coming back. Like. People don't if you're if you're new to Carl Anderson if you're new to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling if you're new to you know watching wrestling you don't know how great this guy was in 2011 and 2012 and how you know tremendous he was before even before the t- you know being just a tag team guy with, with with Gallows like he was great and then even with Gallows there were some really really good matches between those guys but put this guy in a singles match and he delivers and yeah he absolutely delivered here ton of effort here uh, Tamatanga I've really liked his stuff uh, you know in, in his babyface role as well I love this match I, I really really like this I like that it was 16 minutes it was nice and compact like yeah I, I, I was it, this was what I wanted to see this is when going in I was like man I hope we get that Carl Anderson and we got that Carl Anderson and that makes me feel very hopeful for what we're going to get from him in the future yeah um, so he's the new never champ and He's not in G1. I think what Andrew Rich did at research first time since whenever that the never champ is not in G1 lineup. But um, they want to get as many belts as they can onto. I know nobody wants to hear this, but they're trying to get as many belts as they can onto Bullet Club wrestlers. Um, look, the 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 U.S. title thing was never supposed to happen, so it would would have been on Juice right now, and now the never title and now the world title. So you know the the Bullet Club. <laughs> thing is going they've already started it but it's only going to get bigger and more prominent and i know a lot of people don't want to hear that and and that's you know going to be a big negative for some but it's unavoidable because you know gato and jado and togo they're committed to this story they think it's going to do big business and they've been planning it for a long time the pandemic has delayed it but now that that's starting to subside it's going to be full steam ahead with this story so I don't know what to say if you're not into it. <laughs> get used uh, to it. Yeah. Uh, quickly, let's go over the rest of this card because uh, we had a lot else to get to. So yeah, I don't yeah. want to go too at length with this sort of stuff. So you had uh, the opener, United Empire. Um, that was Hanare, Akira, TJP. Uh, they were against six or nine, Master Wato, Taguchi, and Tenzan. So. so United Empire had to win this because Akira and TJP are getting that junior 
tag title shot against six or nine. So that's the deal there. Why they didn't just do the title match on this show, I have no idea. Maybe they feel like they have to have more substance on some of the other tour stops. Right, right. I So I, I don't know. But yeah. that was the idea behind that. Yeah, in another Dominion world, that match would have just been on this show. And that would have been yeah. great to see, but it didn't happen. Uh, Ace Austin, El Phantasma, Taiji Ishimori defeats Bushi, Hiromu, and Naito. Yeah, so um, Ace Austin later, well, he joined, the, he wrestled with the Bullet Club here. So he's part of Bullet Club now. So on the, the, the previous show, the Super Junior final show that I guess, I don't know if you guys talked about last week or not. He uh, Briefly, we touched on it a little bit. He did the turn. So he's a Bullet Club guy, Ace yep. Austin. So, and Bushi obviously took the fall here. Uh, so you're gonna have to tell me how this match went. I I, I skipped yeah. this one. Toru Yano and Doc Gallows. It looked it only went four minutes, which is good. But uh, I life is too short to watch any Toru Yano Doc Gallows. Okay, so this was both horrendous and incredible at the same time. I, 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 that's exactly what I anticipated happening. Okay. Yeah, like was this a good wrestling match? Of course it wasn't. Was it fun? Yeah. Did it overstay its welcome? No. You 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 want to do this for four minutes? Whatever, man. Yeah. Right. Like, right. I, I don't want to watch it, but now you're not, at least you're not wasting my time now. And, you know, and maybe it's because Doc just came back. And, like, l- listen, ask me in a year and a half if I want to watch Doc Gallo <laughs> for four minutes. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, this was, I'd love to come on here and complain about this, but it was completely yeah, in four minutes. If, if it was 14, I could, I could definitely... But yeah, yeah. four. That I, I could do that. I, I should have done. I, I thought it was going to go much longer. If I had known it was only four minutes, I probably would have watched it. But uh, I still went dum, 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 and said, "I'm good." So yeah, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't need to watch. Uh, never open weight six man tag team titles. Yeah, I forget these titles even exist in this company a lot. House of Torture, Evil Show, and Yujiro Takahashi uh, defeat El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. They retain so again, the titles. Another title centered around bullet club yeah so that's that's kind of the idea here there wasn't there wasn't much to this and you know easily skippable but there is one less title surrounded around bullet club which i gotta talk about this a little bit the booking of this is is just it's 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 perfectly new japan tag team booking so i shouldn't get mad at it because it's exactly what they do and we should expect it but uh iwgp tag team titles the united empire great O'Connor and jeff cobb defeats the bullet club team of bad luck folly and chase owen so they get the titles back uh, they had won them in April, then they had lost them at Dontaku, and now they win them back here at Dominion. I mean, I told people months and months ago that Chase Owens was going to get pushed this year for all the reasons you talked about before. Not only just for saving their ass on short notice, but they feel like during his many years in New Japan that he's just been a hard worker that keeps his head down and does everything he's asked. That The office loves this guy, Okay. And winning these tag team titles and doing this quickie switch is part of his push. And, you know, he's in the G1 field. And part of it, too, was to establish Fale and Chase Owens as kind of legit- legitimize them a little before the G1 tour as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's – now the match was horrendous. This this was not a good match at all. Fale I mean, this, is absolutely – It's bad. It's a problem. so bad, it's, yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah that, it, that period where he got himself in shape and – Felt like he was trying a little bit. He is absolutely not trying anymore again, and he's absolutely not in shape. And it's 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 kind of an embarrassment. I, I honestly would be embarrassed, especially with this roster and how many people they have on this roster. It's it, it's how many great talents they have on this roster. It's to me, it's just embarrassing to see him come out there. 
Yeah, I mean, um, that's indie like scum. Someone he's in, an indie scummer bullshit guy. You know what I mean? Like this is it's he, crap. Yeah, I mean the thing is, he knows he's not going anywhere because he they got ties with his dojo in New Zealand oh, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. It's it's you know, but yeah, he's a. Uh, He's pretty useless at this point. Someone in the chat said, wouldn't you be annoyed if you're Impact if Carl Anderson, you know, makes those kind of comments? Yeah. I mean, if I'm Impact, I don't, I don't, I don't, I fire him. Yeah. I don't use him anymore. <laughs> right. I'm very upset. I mean, I, that's grounds for, okay, we're no longer, I think their, their contracts are either up or going to be up shortly, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's, you can't, you know, we're talking about Fale. When Fale, what was that T-shirt he wore? Like oh, he wore... Uh, oh my God! I wrote about it in the ebook for like I had like seven paragraphs on how much I fucking hated uh, that shirt. It was in the vein of the old Al Snow. Yeah, it was like pin me, pay me, don't care. Job uh... Squad. Yeah, like I don't remember exactly what the shirt said, but it was a kayfabe breaking. I don't give a shit about my job. I don't care if I lose all my matches. And he wore that in a New Japan match. He would have never worked for me again. I'm sorry. You know, it's the same thing. Like, if I'm Impact, no, I'm not booking Carl Anderson. <laughs> right. Anymore. Yes, Impact is well in the rights to say, hey, yeah. dude, fuck off. <laughs> like, you're done. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It, no, know, they should be pissed, for sure. I mean, I don't think, you know, expecting someone to, to give a modicum of a shit about their job isn't outrageous. <laughs> no, <laughs> you should Saying, you know? I don't try for your company. Yeah, no, I would probably. I know everybody's a Wikipedia Karl Marx pager communist now, but giving a modicum of a shit about your job <laughs> is not an outrageous expectation. I'm sorry, it's not. You know, I wouldn't use these people anymore. Um. So anyway, yeah, the match was not good. I can't find the I can't find the folly shirt, but uh, I'd have to go back into an old ebook because I wrote. It's so long about it. I wrote a lot. Uh, interim AEW World Title Eliminator Match. Interim AEW World Title Eliminator Match. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Hiroki Goto. God damn it. My dreams of Hiroki Goto main eventing uh, uh, Forbidden Door have been dashed. So it's going to be Tanahashi, it turns out. My turns out Mox versus Tanahashi will sell more pay-per-views than Hiroki Goto versus Moxley. Surprisingly. So. Yeah. Surprising. Bullshit. <laughs> this is garbage. Uh. My best description. Imagine of this that. Is... No, imagine the Goto theme song at the United Center. I'm off. I like Goto. With with like a, a full orchestra playing it or whatever, and then just goes out there, fucking Dodon one two three. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I think Goto and Mox would knock the shit out of each other. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it would rule. Um, the best way I could describe this match, if someone didn't see it, is it was a solid American television match. Yeah, yeah, they didn't uh, they didn't overstep their boundaries whatsoever. Twelve minutes. Uh, in and out, yeah, not too. Right not too guy much. won. You know, they they did what they had to do, um, and 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 that was that. So you know, it was fine. And then you know, and then the Takagi Taichi unlimited pinfall scramble match. Um, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I I don't know. I it was good fun, I guess, but I just can't get into this King of Pro Wrestling thing. It's just not for me. I don't, yeah, I some don't of them, some of them land with me, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. Or that's, you know, what I always go into these like nowadays. They they've gotten a little bit better about the stipulation, so I go into the match thinking, hey, that's kind of a fun stipulation. But then pretty quickly thereafter, I'm like, ah, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the match starts, and I'm just kind of like, ah, yeah, I don't really. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. yeah, I just like wrestling matches. I'm sorry, so. I, I I try to sell myself. I try to get into them, and then very quickly, I'm just like, eh, better see guys wrestle. So, 
kill me. Anyway, let's talk about the G1. G1 32 starting on July 16th, running through August 18th. Uh, you have some exclusive details at flagshippatreon.com uh, all about how this came together, some of the names, some of the people that are in here, some of the people that may have not been in here for you know certain circumstances, uh, people that were asked. You know, a lot of really good details there over at flagshippatreon.com. Uh, but uh, this G1 is going to feature 28 wrestlers divided it into four blocks of seven. So not two blocks. We are back to the four block, uh, 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 which I got. I'm trying to remember the last time they did the 2000, 2000. Oh, wow. Jesus. Okay. 2000 was this exact format. And this is all detailed in my report. It's on the $5 tier, but um, it actually looks like an expanded G1, but it, it, it's a sneaky way to make it smaller in a lot of ways because each wrestler will only have six matches now which is going to be great for everybody's bodies they don't have to go through this gauntlet of nine matches and then tag matches on the off nights they're going to have six g1 matches and even with the 28 wrestlers and four blocks seven if you count up the total matches g1 matches on the tour even with the semifinals because they're gonna have semifinals this year because remember it's four blocks it's another level of intrigue it's 87 total matches versus 91 total matches under the 20-man format. So it's less matches for each wrestler. It's less matches overall. It'll be easier on everybody's bodies. Now the rub is, okay, so the other another reason they're doing this is they want to spread the stars out even further so they don't burn off as many money matches, right? Because now you've got four blocks to work with if you want to keep people away from each other. The, the, the rub with that, though, is that now you have less big-time drawing matches for the G1 Tour itself, right? Because all the big stars are going to be uh, more right. You're gonna, you're probably going to be waiting until the semifinals to get like true, like oh my god, this is you know, yeah, like Shingo versus Okada and things right, like right. that. People aren't going to be in the same blocks. You'll get some, of course, but it's not going to be like wow, look at that stacked block where there's like six main eventers. Like those days are over. No, like, I, hell, go back and look at this 2000 G1 and look at the blocks. It's like yeah, you you have. A block stars and scrubs. It's oh, it is stars and scrubs for sure. Uh, a block, you know, you have Nagata who who was pushed as a star. Yeah. Uh, Isco who was pretty much pushed at that time semi star, but we're really kind of pushing that there. You know what I mean? Like real semi star. Fujinami, Tatsumi Fujinami, who was on his pretty much his last legs, and then a junior in Liger, and then Tatsuchi yeah. Goto, not that Goto, yeah, the other Goto. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. like. So an old guy, a, a mid-star, a junior, junior and, yeah, the guy. and a guy on the way down. Yeah, it's, <laughs> right. look, now now you're going to get, you know, a, and there's eight Bullet Club guys. In the tour. And again, that's because there, there's going to be heavy emphasis on the Bullet Club stuff. And they want a lot of the Bullet Club guys facing each other so that they can advance these story, these Bullet Club stories. So there's that aspect to it, too. Tons of Bullet Club and House of Torture. You're going to get a lot of that. But um, that's the idea, and I guess they figured saving the money matches, saving people's bodies outweighed the idea of, well, we need big-time main events on every stop on right. the tour. So that was kind of the mindset there. Which um, I, I don't hate because we have seen that at, you know post-G1. A lot of guys leaving the G1 just fucking wrecked beyond belief and, and yeah, it hurting yeah. the work. And guys not getting ready, you know, guys not getting fully healthy until Wrestle Kingdom. So maybe, you know, maybe it's a good idea that we don't, kill everybody uh in the summer uh and stretch it out a little bit and we and again go back and listen to our shows from 2013 we said this is unsustainable you cannot keep doing what you guys are doing right now this can't keep going on and so shockingly it kind of went on for like three or four more years 
Then it slowed down a little bit. But, the guy, I mean, there was still tremendous stuff every single night. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much until the last two years. And now I think we're all kind of, everyone's kind of woken up to it. Like, all right, look, we can, we can have a few good, but we don't have to have, every night doesn't have to have just fucking incredible matches. It's fine if just a few matches are spread out uh, throughout, you know, the month or whatever. And the other thing is they just have a gigantic heavyweight roster right now. So they're able to do this without spreading it too thin. They absolutely wanted more AEW wrestlers. I was told that. And then I confirmed it by talking to the AEW side. And they confirmed that, yes, New Japan did ask for people other than Lance Archer, you know, and and some of the bigger stars. But with the state of AEW right now, with all of these injuries, CM Punk, Adam Cole, who's resting up before Forbidden Door with that shoulder thing. Brian Danielson, which he's got this mystery element that, you know, they're not talking about. That it just, it wasn't feasible for them to give up other major stars for, you know, four or five weeks in the middle of the summer with the with the injury issues they're having. So that was the deal there. It's not that New Japan didn't want, because they absolutely did want more AEW wrestlers. The problem was AEW was, inable, was unable to accommodate them. Right. So, and I did talk to sources on both sides when it came to that. Now, um, they weren't interested in any other outsiders from Japanese promotions or anything. I detailed a couple specific examples. Yeah, sorry, Jake Lee. Uh, <laughs> nice try, pal, but uh, not interested. I was, so. was going to say people can read and pay. Oh, well, oh, well it's Jake Lee. Uh, Nobody cares about Jake Lee. So, uh, and then, you know, there's there's one other show I consider. Uh, I'll leave that of, one out. Uh, you'll have to pay for that one. How about that? There's yeah, there's kind of a surprising note in there where there's a pretty significant uh, star who could be working his last G1, and from what I was told, if this had been a 20 man field, or if AEW had been able to accommodate with more stars, this person may not have even been booked this year. And uh, I don't love so, it. And I don't love it. And it's a pretty big name. So it's just an issue of look, guys age out, you know, and you know, Suzuki's not in it this year, and they probably took Kojima out a couple years too early. And it's just, you know, that's how they do things. Um, but yeah, there's a whole lot of detail on the selection process of the wrestlers, and um, you know, Tangaloa was the one guy who couldn't get, you know, who they wanted in who isn't in. Um, they were worried about Juice and Kenta, but they got him in. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's the uh, that's kind of the gist of the G1 thing. So we don't know the blocks yet. We don't know that the blocks. We don't know. Uh, we do I will say this because I, yeah. I did want to say this because I, I spoke to him early today. Uh, 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 Joel from the Super Jcast, he gave us that little scoop that, well, you know, nobody's giving any of us the blocks yet. They like to keep that secret because they like to make a big deal out of yeah, the oh, announcement yeah, yeah, sure. blocks. And not that for any lack of trying on any of our behalfs, you know, trying to get these blocks. But Joel was told that there's a Hoss block. Yeah. How about that? So that sounds exciting until you find out it's bad luck folly. <laughs> it's bad right? luck folly evil. But, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> it's Lance Archer, know. bad luck folly evil, and then Godo or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's something, you know. Hopefully it's Lance Archer, Godo, Ishii. Jonah. Uh, 
Ja, yeah, I'll take Ja. Yeah, so I think it, look, Jeff Cobb. Yeah, there, there's a way to make a real good. There's a good, there's a, to have a cool one. There's a way to make a really good Haas uh, a block, and there's a way to make a really bad one. <laughs> we'll see. Basically, just keep Folly and Evil out. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Any others will work, right? Let me look at the list again. Um. Let's see. Yeah, you don't want evil. You don't want Fale. I'll take Ocon. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, block. yeah. Ocon in the house block is fine. Ocon, Cobb, Archer. Archer's fine, too. I'll take him. Uh, you don't want Fale. Um, how about Shingo? Is he considered a Haas? Ah, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about him, too. I, I had that name in my mind. I don't know. You'll take an Ishii, of course. You'll take a Goto. He wrestles like a Haas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go to wrestles like or, or Shingo wrestles like a Haas too, so I guess we'll. Count. Shingo does wrestle. He's a junior who wrestles like a Haas. Um, I know he's not. Listen, stay out of the, listen chat room. Don't. I understand he's not really a junior. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Jonah for sure though. Yeah, it's cool that Filthy Tom Lawler is going. Hell yeah! I was glad to see him. I was like, there you. I mean. I, was I disappointed by the – I don't know if I was disappointed by it. I think people had a really, really high hopes of the people that were going to be in this, and yeah. a lot of those probably weren't very realistic, so I can't say that You're I was just disappointed. Just a year away. Just yeah. a year away. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're a year away. But, the big-time AEW – look, you would have had more if they didn't have injury issues. Right. You would have had them this year. But I think next year, with COVID, another year in the rear view, and – you know, hopefully the relationship is still stable. I was going to say the relationship at that point, hopefully is stable enough where you can, you know, at the beginning of the year, say, Hey, uh, for July and August, you know, don't have any plans for Brian Danielson or whatever. And AEW can say, yeah, sure. All right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, great. If, if Danielson wants to do it, we're da- like everything kind of, we're, we're still kind of quickly building this thing up. This relationship is only still relatively fresh and relatively new. And then, yeah, like you said too, there's just so many injury issues that, AW can't afford to say, hey, yeah, take uh, one of our big stars and put them on your shows for a month and a half or whatever. Like, you can't just – they just can't do that. So I, I get it. I accommodate. But when I saw Tom Lawler, I was like, all right, that that rocks because that's – that's it, it gives some some gives some gives weight to New Japan strong, which is good. Um, And it's just Tom Lawler's going to rock in this. I mean, he's going to be great in G1. He's a perfect you, G1 guy. Do you think they took – the strong title off of Lawler to protect it because they know he has to lose matches in this. Oh, do you think yeah, they care? Probably. Oh do yeah, they do. They... Of course they do. Yes. Do you think they care about the strong title that much? I think they do. You know, they're, uh, they're doing the, the tournament for the strong tag team titles. I saw that. Yeah. There's a, uh, Carl Fredericks, Christopher Daniels team coming together for that. I caught me into that. What do you think of Carl Fredericks going on a going ballistic on Twitter, complaining that he wasn't in the G1? Okay, so I read it as work initially. Um, I'm sure there's probably some truth to it. I'm sure the guy's a little frustrated. I'm sure the guy's ready and excited to 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 move up the ladder, and he seems like he's been kind of spinning his wheels for a little bit. But with that said, his whole character is like a guy that's only loosely with New Japan these days. He's with you know. Uh, the Monster Factory or, or whatever. He's with Daniels. No, the, the, yeah, he's feuding with the QT Marshall Factory yeah. with the Dojo guys. Yeah, yeah. And he's teaming with Christopher Daniel. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So that's kind of his character right now is that he's sort of a, a – he's kind of breaking away and he's kind of lost the love of New Japan for a while. With that said, I'm sure there was a little bit of, hey, you know what? This does kind of fucking suck. I'm sure he's frustrated. Why would you not be frustrated? He was 
a little too aggressive. Yes, yes, exactly. Right? Almost, it's almost like, all right, well. How a normal wrestler would do this if they were actually upset is you would get, like, passive aggressive. Like, oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I, I, guess yeah. my, I guess the call, I guess my call didn't go through. Or, hey, <laughs> maybe yeah. next year, you know what I mean? Something like that would be the, you know, maybe next year with the eye roll emoji. You know, that's yeah. kind of the passive aggressive wrestler thing. For him to be like, you know, just go on, like, a multi-tweet rant. Like, that That was like, all right, that's, that's something a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he joins the factory and turns on the dojo, then we know this was all a work to put over the idea that he's frustrated with New Japan and, you know, if it could be the impetus for a turn. That's kind of the how what I was thinking. Or we're just skeptical assholes who think everything's a work. <laughs> it's and, wrestling. They're professional liars. We should. And the guy's really upset, for all I know. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought um, – that was interesting, but um, yeah, I mean that's that's the uh, the G one field. Here, real um, quickly, I'll, I'll give you everybody the names um, just so you yeah, know. Uh, but again, no blocks, so we don't know exactly where everybody's going to go. It's Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, Goto, Tamatonga, Shingo Takagi, Chase Owens, as you said, a big spot for Chase Owens here. Bad Luck Folly, Yujiro Takahashi, Evil. Tom Lawler, Juice Robinson, Jonah Yoshihashi, Toru Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, Jeff Cobb, Great Okan, Aaron Hanare. Will Ospreay, Sonata, Jay White, Kenta making his return. Good to see Kenta in there. El Fantasmo, big spot for El Fantasmo as well. A good reward for the work he's done this year. Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., Lance Archer, and David Finley. So David Finley, this is his first G1. Wow, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. And Didn't even think of that. El Fantasmo, the office loves, I mean, loves him. They think... They he was gonna move up to heavyweight sooner or later. This is this will kind of be the beginning. You know how they slowly do that with people, uh, like the Will Ospreay thing. It moved at like a glacier pace, getting him. You know, he yeah, he like Super stopped Junior losing and falls, and then he's you know, he, it wasn't that he was winning falls. He just wasn't losing them to heavyweights anymore, like other heavyweights. Yeah, it was. Yeah, very, 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 very slow build. And then he that. worked the G one and the Super Junior the same year, if you recall, and you know. Phantasmo is a guy they love in the same vein as Devitt, Omega, Osprey, and that they think it's a junior who they can make an effective heavyweight. And they, they love his talent. The talent's there. Um, now, the thing about Phantasmo is he's a great troll heel, and they love his heel work. What I don't think a lot of people realize is he can be a very good babyface, too. And the New Japan fans haven't seen that, but he can do that and do it effectively. In fact, that's how he got their attention. So, uh, to begin with, but the office loves him. You could expect him at some point to be a heavyweight. You know, they brought Ace Austin in partially to replace him, you know, as the, as a junior in, in the bullet club. So that's, what's going on with, with Phantasmo. If people are wondering why this, you know, junior is in the G one, but, um, yeah, he's an interesting one. Finley getting his first shot, Archer coming back. Um, so, and Jonah, of course, and uh, and Tom Lawler. So those are some of the more interesting ones. The rest are pretty chalk that you would have expected to be in the thing. So I think next year is when you'll see a, a really interesting field that maybe people were expecting to see this year. That I think that'll come next year. Right. You could easily see how you could lop off some of these, you know, lower rung dudes you 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 you're huge yeah, and yeah. those sort of guys and your older yeah. guys can get lopped off a little bit and then yeah maybe replaced by either the young lions coming up or, or the guys ready to graduate or like you said yeah 
there's well, listen there's there won't be a need for as many bullet club people next year because the reason there's so many bullet club is they want to do this story you have older guys who they're going to phase out and you know there's they got a lot of people coming back from excursion who are going to take up g1 spots oh yeah soon. yeah yeah there's gonna again you're not gonna be able to deny fredericks anymore Shota Umino is going to have to take a spot pretty soon. Ren Narita is going to have to start taking spots pretty soon. Like Yota Suji. Yota Suji. Yeah. And that's not even uh, mentioning Yuamura. all the strong guys. I mean, shit, there's four or five strong guys that are all going to need some spots here pretty quick. Yeah, Fred Rosser is a guy who will be in the mix. Um, you have a- Anderson and Gallows will probably be, you know, close to full-time by then. TMDK is back. Haste and Nichols. Aussie Open is part of the company now. And I'm not saying all of these people are going to be in the G1 next year. What I'm saying is, there's a there's a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of hard decisions, now. and people are going to get upset. Yeah, it's not the days of of 2013 where it was like nobody was a snub. It was like these are our all of our heavyweights, and here they are. Like yeah. th- those days are long gone now. So some of your older guys, and you people know who they are, and I name one specifically in the report. It was a pretty shocking name, you know. Their time, their clock is ticking. In, in terms of enjoy, being in the enjoy them while you can, enjoy them while you can. So, and there's and there's there's a wave of younger guys coming up behind. You know, uh, uh, you know, Coughlin is another one, and you could go right down the line. So, you know, and again, all these people. I mean, we just named what could be an entire G one. Look, some of these guys aren't going to make the cut. Some of these guys won't be around. Uh, you know, but a lot of them are going to be in it. Yeah moving forward and that's another reason why they're expanding it out to 28 as well it's just this gigantic roster but yeah there's a lot of fluff on the butt your your yoshihashis and your yujiros those are the guys that 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 you know aren't going to be in it when they when they get some of these other names in the mix you know so and and the older guys you know and unfortunately some of the older guys and you know and finley's another bottom guy so anyway that's the uh G1 coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah. A couple weeks. It's very coming quickly. Up, so. uh, speaking of a couple weeks as well, Forbidden Door uh, coming up very, very shortly as well. We do know a few of the matches, a few more of the matches here. Uh, we got Moxley and Tanahashi for the interim AEW World Championship. We'll talk about that uh, probably next week. We'll preview it, talk a little bit more about the interim title and all that sort of stuff. I know you have uh, many, many thoughts on that, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll save that for next week when we really do an extensive Forbidden Door. Uh, preview all Atlantic Championship. Pac Miro are the two guys in so far. Uh, still two uh, to be decided uh, left. I think you can probably pretty easily surmise who those people are going to be. But as of right now, uh, two more yeah, to be decided. Uh, they, I believe, are going to be Tomohiro Ishii, uh, and I believe the other man will be uh, Malachi Black. Yeah, because you figure if Pac is already in there, no pen. You're not going to yeah, put his stablemate in. And I think you, you can't, right? You can't put uh, Penta can't wrestle Ishii because wrestling is the dumbest business ever. So. Oh, that's a good point, too. You're right. right. Yeah. The so Penta has to lose. The wrestling yeah. business is so fucking stupid that for some reason, Penta can't wrestle in a match that features Tomohiro Ishii. So there we go. So that mini tournament's going to happen on this upcoming tour, too. I guess we should mention that briefly. Right, so right, right. Uh, it's, I know uh, who you're rooting for in the, to, to make it to the UC. So it's Clark Connors versus Hanma. <laughs> Which to me is a super interesting match that because rocks. yeah, I can't wait. Listen, people will scoff at it, but Connors beating him is a big deal. Yes, if Connors wins that, which I think, I think he will. It's not a lock either, but I mean, look, I know Hanma's Hanma. He hasn't been pushed since he broke his neck. He, you know, I get all of that, 
but that would still be like the biggest win that Connor's ever. I mean, he's he just worked super junior. He's a junior. He just worked super juniors, and he'd be beating a heavyweight, and it would be the biggest win he's had to date. So I find that match to be fascinating. Okay, and then it's Ishii versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. A man could dream, Rich. I know. I know who you're waiting for. You're ready for that that bottle of whiskey to be held up in the air at the United Center and and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I tell you what. Face. I love the idea. Pac, Miro, Malachi Black. And Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I love it. I love it. I'll tell you what. If Kanemaru wins this little mini tournament, I will fly to Chicago, buy a ticket from a scalper, and go to Forbidden Door. <laughs> I will go to... You'll drink, the, uh, well, you drink whiskey. I want, well, you need to be drinking whiskey, too. No, but I'll come to the suite and join the rest of, uh, of you guys in the Voice of Wrestling suite. Are you going to be there or no? Uh, I'm not going to be there. Oh, you're not going to be there. Not going to be there. But I will... More on that later. But <laughs> more on that. Tomorrow, I, next week. We'll talk about it next week. I will, if Kanemaru advances, this you is my pledge. You sure? You know I would. I will buy a ticket. I will fly to Chicago last minute. I will go to Forbidden Door. I'll get in the suite. Listen, you can get me in the suite. All one of those dopes has to do is meet me in the lobby with someone else's ticket, and then we could both go back up to this. So getting in the suite's no problem. But I'll get a ticket and get in the door, and I will go if Kanemaru wins the tournament. Right. How about that? You'll pour whiskey shots for everybody else. I'll spend the thousand dollars on the plane ticket last minute, and I will I will go to Forbidden Door. Rich will not be there though. No. Talk about that next week. It's it's a fascinating Rich, story, but we will talk yeah. about it next week. Rich will not be there though. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, look. But I will be moving not... heaven and earth to give you guys an instant reaction. So just know that I'm still working hard. Yeah. So we're gonna get Pack Miro, um, Malachi Black and Ishii in a four-way. And Hanma. <laughs> and Tomiyaki Hanma. That would rock, too. Would you go? Would you also go for that or no? That's would you walk kind of... in and smash your head, you know what I mean? Like, get all tan and go, ah, I'm doing the head uh, thing right uh, now. You know what I mean? uh, uh. No, I will. Uh... <laughs> Smoke a carton of cigarettes. What's he called that? The, um, the Kokeshi, uh, right? The Kokeshi? Yeah. Remember Lanny Papo? <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, I purchased a Kokeshi for my grandchild. Uh, I plan to bring that home. Back to oh, awesome. Downers Grove, Illinois. Yeah, damn and, right, uh, Downers Grove, Illinois. Second most famous resident uh, of Downers Grove, Illinois. Is Ishii still the champion of the British? <laughs> the champion of the British. Poor Lanny. Lan- I don't know what British. he. I don't know what he expected, or what they expected. But my man thought he could show up, sit down, put that headset on, and just. Do it. Bullshit. You know what I mean? Just do it. It's like, yeah. without knowing who anybody was, not knowing any storylines, not knowing anything, just say, sit down, headset on, I'm the fucking genius, I'm Lanny Poffo, I can do this. And yeah. he could not. He could no, not he at could all. Not. No. And I think awful he didn't even admit, he was like, yeah, it wasn't over my head, sorry. And then just stopped. I don't know, but it was an awful tryout. <laughs> it was and, not um, very good at all. He was never used again. But, no, that was that uh, was then for Lady Papo, the champion of the British. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the Kokeshi thing. He was just like, ah, a Japanese thing. Like, he didn't... No, he he was fascinated that Hanma called his move that because he had purchased a Kok. It's like a toy where you open it and there's another one inside. Yeah, and yeah, you open yeah. it. And he had bought one that he planned to bring home for his grandchildren, and he bored everybody with that story. That <laughs> oh, that's about. right. Okay. Okay. Is is, is so we actually knew what a Kokeshi uh, was. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he got excited because he knew what a real Kokeshi was. Yes, okay. They're like the dolls that have no arms and no legs and stuff. So, and they, yeah. yeah, and there's one inside of another inside of another. It's like, 
Isn't there a Russian? Well, that's the Russian doll. I don't know that the Kokeshis have one inside the other. I, I think, think Kokeshi's the same thing. Like it has the same. I could I, I'm not. I'm one. not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Um, there's got to be some fucking weeaboo dork in the chat who can correct that for us. But um, in fact, I'd be willing to bet there's a weeaboo in the in the chat that can uh, let us know what a Kokeshi is. But um. Yeah, so what – all right, what else is there? Right, There's, so then uh, we have uh, Minoru Suzuki, Chris Jericho – okay, okay. Minoru Suzuki, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara versus Wheeler Yuta, Shota Umino, and uh, Eddie Kingston. So – Set up last night on that. Yep. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, AEW Women's World Championship match. So just a random yes. AEW match thrown in there. I'm sure there'll be uh, – and maybe a few random New Japan matches in there, too. We'll see. Uh, I'm shocked that master politicker Britt Baker didn't get in the way of this. <laughs> Why do people think that? Like, did, did, when did master politicker Britt Baker become a thing? I don't know anymore. I've lost track. Is there more of a chasm between reality and what Twitter says than with Britt Baker and Adam Cole? Uh, no. no. There's no There's no more chasm of, of, of reality in Twitter than what AEW, between like AEW, too. Like, it, it's... The very, but yeah, Britt Baker is just like the, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, this evil mastermind holding everybody down. <laughs> Nobody likes basically the modern with... fabulous moolah. Britt Baker is basically the, the modern moolah in all senses. So. You would think based on Twitter that Adam Cole and Britt Baker are the two most disliked wrestlers on the roster with total go away heat. Meanwhile, Adam Cole still gets explosive reactions in every building still pops every quarter hour he's in and Britt Baker uh, is as a genuine star in the company who even as a heel the fans enjoy but if you strictly followed the company through twitter no one likes adam cole and Britt baker is uh, for some i don't even know where this came from a master politician holding down the entire division i, I don't understand well, Didn't she do a job for a woman she hates? I think she did, yeah. Wouldn't she have refused that one? I would have said of all the ones to refuse, that one against Thunder would have been probably the one to refuse, and, and she didn't, so. She's putting over Tony Storm. She's, I mean, she's the only star in that division outside of Cargill. And Cargill, and, and Brit's putting people over. Cargill can't put people over yet. So don't twist my words. Cargill should not be losing yet. But Britt's a star, and she's in a position to get people over, and she's doing it. It's the opposite of a politician. Can we stop? I, I, I don't even know how that started. Why? Because, because she got a push? That's got to be it, right, Rich? It's because she got a push. And she's been pushed since the beginning of the show, but, like, she's, I think, deserved it, right? She got over. She got massively over. She got over. Star. You get yeah. over, you get pushed. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but, yeah, that's how it, that's how it works, so. I don't care if you're a Twitter dork and you don't like her. If you get over, you get pushed. That's how it works. And it was hard to get over because she she bombed. Yeah, she bombed disastrously at the beginning. And then got over as a heel and earned that push. And now is paying it forward, putting people over. Why do people think she's like this politician? <laughs> how did this happen? I don't even know how it happened, where it started. My God. And people have been out to Cole, out to lunch on Cole. And listen, we don't even love watching I Cole. I do you. not like Adam Cole. <laughs> I have never liked him, but I, I can also address. Be honest about it. What he, no, yeah, what he offers to a company. For God's sake. Anyway, and Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, I think will be can be an excellent. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for that one. Final match on that show. Yeah, that sounds awesome for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the final match: Will Osprey versus Orange Cassidy. Of course. Okay, so not the opponent I'd pick. 
But this will probably be the match of the show. I mean, I have to see the rest of the card. Can't you see this steal on the show? Uh oh yeah 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 yeah. I mean, I I, I could see this match steal on the show. Yeah, it's it's Will, and it's 2022, and he's fucking incredible. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, and Orange not? Cassidy, I, I would, and, and Orange Cassidy can go when you need Orange Cassidy to go. He can go. And he's had some the, great matches in AEW. Hey, he has, and yeah, I think else. the juxtaposition of him with Will. A little bit of the comedy, but then, yeah, when he's going to shrug off the comedy and get going, then he's going to get going, and, yeah, he can absolutely deliver, so. The comedy with him is so overrated in this company anyway. He doesn't do the indie spots. Right, right. And the people don't sell the indie spots either. They do it, and then they look at him like an idiot, and then they do a move to him, you know. Yeah. And he's had great matches with people like Pac and everything else, so you you put him in a mimosa match, you can go kick rocks, but... I have no doubt this is going to be great. No. The only minor question is he's coming off an injury. Cat, well, both of them are really, but right, we know right, that. Right. We know that will. It's not a factor because he just had a great match with Bald. But Orange Cassidy, I don't think will. You know, we we, we don't know how he's going to respond to that. Yeah, I, I forget if he was on Rampage or yeah. Hopefully, is he in but, that match or no? I don't know. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I try to not look at Rampage spoilers, so I don't. Know. Okay. So if you're in the chat, don't spoil Rich. Yeah, please don't. But. But the point is, he's that's the only question, right? Hey, Golden State's going to win the title. How many – I have to ask you a, a serious question. Yeah, 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 What do you got? How many times have we done the flagship in the in the series-deciding game of the NBA Finals? So Every many. fucking year. Every year, and I hate you for it because <laughs> it always comes up on a Thursday, and it sucks because I like to watch the final few minutes. And I'm watching it now. I like I have to it listen on to the yeah. final few minutes yeah. of, the, of the NBA Finals. But... but see, having it on when we're doing this is not the same as watching it. No, exactly. And and it has yeah. been since – I'm pretty sure when they won their first title, I told you I can't do the flagship that week. That's when I, we had the ability to just yeah. not do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Now we don't, and I feel like the last five years I've had to fucking watch it while we're doing the flagship here. Yeah, but I'd like to study that of how many NBA Finals ended on a Thursday or a Wednesday. I, the fucking clincher happens every year <laughs> when we're always, doing this show. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here rooting for Boston because I'm like, I want to watch game seven. <laughs> right, just so I can get one more game here because it's over. Yeah, yeah, basketball's done now. I'm going to be talk to you, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done with this, and the basketball's done, and I got nothing to do. I have no dog in the fight. I just wanted to watch the clincher at my own leisure with a fucking lemonade in my hand. But it's going to end tonight. Yeah. Well, they're up 10 with four minutes. I guess it's not over. It's over, not over, but, but uh, yeah, I would uh, I would. Uh... I mean, I can't completely – I can't put it – in the Sharpie, but um, that's a Seth Davis gimmick from the NCAA tournament. In case you didn't know, he does the Sharpie gimmick on Twitter Sharpie. when only one time has he declared because he writes the name of the winner in Sharpie. What he's basically saying is, This one's over, folks, okay. for each game. So for every game of the NCAA tournament, he does a gimmick on Twitter where when he feels the game is over, he marks it down in Sharpie and tweets it out, okay. right. Only one time has he been burned by declaring a winner and then the other team won. I'm not putting this one in the Sharpie. Uh, 12, with three 12 and a half points, minutes. three and a half. I think we're probably. You ready to Sharpie this one? Okay, so I can confirm uh, by quick real research, 2019 was on a Thursday. That was Raptors-Warriors. I do remember that one. Yeah. We did it. We definitely did a show then. 2020, that was the bubble year. We didn't do a show that day. I was driving from Colorado or something like that. So I remember watching, I remember listening to that one. That one was the nurse's fault, not my fault. Uh, yeah, no, that was just a normal. Yeah, that, that, that was fine, though. The bubble finals, I, I didn't really care that much about. Yeah, fuck the, the Lakers. Yeah. yeah, and fuck the Lakers. 
uh june ah, man 2018 was a friday nah, all right maybe it didn't happen as many but it has happened quite a few times it is definitely it's I happening like today it's happened. it happened in 2019 for sure yeah uh, i'm quickly googling all these other dates as well to see I, i'm positive it was going to happen on 2014 and i stopped it um pretty sure in 2016 it happened as well so yeah it, it, it happens quite a lot sucks yeah, it's happened many times. Happened in the World Series tonight. a couple years ago too. I didn't like that either because I, I like to listen to the. I like no matter what the sports league is. I do this even with the NHL. When I know that the game is like when the series is about to end, I want to listen to the final few minutes of the series. You know, or the final few minutes of the season. I don't care about the NHL, but like I want to you know see the final thing. Yeah. I want to yeah. see the celebration. I want to see how it ends. Like NBA, I've never missed an NBA. Like no matter where I am in the world or what I'm doing, I'm like no, it's the fuck. It's game six potential clincher i have to watch this you know what i mean i have to either have it on over here or do whatever and then yeah same with the world series always and this is this goes back to me being a kid too i was obsessed with having to see the final out the final buzzer the final whatever of, of all these sports yeah super bowl i stay yeah. till the end i'm not leaving even in the oh, first you quarter saw, yeah so aaron donald put joe burrow on his i did on his back and yes, clinched that baby up yeah Anyway, all right, so that is uh, Forbidden Door. We will be doing an instant reaction uh, for Forbidden Door. Uh, FlagshipPatreon.com, $10 tier. This is the time where we will tell you that if that sounds interesting to you and you go, ooh, Forbidden Door instant reaction, I'm into that, now is the time to subscribe. You can subscribe later. You can subscribe next week. That's fine. It's going to cost you the same. You're going to get all the same stuff. But if you subscribe now, you get all of the content that we have available for the entire month. So you get better value for your dollars. So... Yeah, it's like we said last month. If you're interested in listening to the instant reaction, just do it now. You're not going to pay any more, but you're going to get more weeks of content. All those news updates that we talked about, retro series that I do, live flagships, all the other stuff. You're going to be able to get all of that through the entire month and not just the final week of the month or, or whatever. So that is our, 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 our sales pitch there for you. FlagshipPatreon.com, instant reaction for uh, Forbidden Door. on all the other great content that we have as well. Pace in the Den, I wrote an article this week about... Uh, TNA, uh, 20 years of TNA. We have obviously the live flagships, Slamboree Jamboree that I just wrapped up. I have a new uh, retro series, hopefully uh, getting started here in the next few days as well. Thursday TV reviews. Are you going to get that as well? So yeah, plenty. Yeah, of stuff you know we don't have get. we don't have time to talk about Forbidden Door build on this show, but I did a lot of that on the TV reviews today, and I screamed and yelled like a maniac. So it was some vintage Lanza behind the paywall with the uh, Forbidden Door stuff. Um, Mostly defending it. I mean, I a lot of people are down on this. I am still bullish on Forbidden Door. I still think it's going to do good business. Yeah, well, we'll talk uh, next week because I think I'm a little next different week than you, more but I'm very curious how the, they still have one more week left. So we'll, I'll, I'll be able to give my official thought after I see Dynamite next week. But they've did you see very quickly? Overdrive. I will say they've kicked it into the overdrive the last couple weeks. So I, I tell you this too, very quickly. Um, did you see the spike in the quarter hour yesterday? For the Mox Tanahashi segment. I did. I did. That tells me that people are interested in that main event. And the segment kicked ass, which is important. Now, if all those people watched the segment and it stunk, that'd be a problem. But Mox knocked it out of the park. The Jericho stuff landed. That quarter hour, not only did it spike and was it the most viewed quarter hour in both total viewers and demo, which is unusual because that's usually quarter hour one. Not only was it the most viewed quarter hour on the show, it bucked the trend of the last four weeks where that quarter hour is generally flat. 
that tells me that is why I remain bullish on Forbidden Door because I think the AEW fans are into the Mox Tanahashi main event and into seeing a world champion crowned. I think everything else is gravy. So that's the abbreviated version of some of the stuff I talked about on behind the paywall on the uh, Thursday TV reviews. And Rich, I, I guess we will do a more intense discussion of. Yeah, Forbidden I think Door. next week, I mean, barring you know, Vince McMahon is no longer the CEO of WWE. Uh, we will do a lot of talk on uh, on Forbidden Door. Hey, did you see that? Um, so Dynamite did what on the surface looked like this awful number. Yeah, I, I saw the first numbers and it looked horrendous. And then you see the graph and you went, oh, <laughs> actually, that's not bad. Not only just that, not only were they still like tied for number one, it was the sixth least watched television night like in recorded history. Yeah, just nobody watched TV. I, it's a very weird. I don't know what happened, but people just said, fuck TV. It's just a total anomaly. Like. There's going to be brain dead analysis that, you know, but it's like if it had done 700,000 viewers in a point two eight and finished ninth, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a cause for concern. But it finished in the same relative spot that it always does right at the top. So I think that this week's rating is a total anomaly that you have to not entirely throw out, but just see what it does next week. Yeah. And if it's back to normal last week, they did almost a million viewers against the NBA finals. They did a great number last week. So if next week they do 700,000 again, but they finish ninth, okay, that's a trend. And people don't like what's happening on the show right now. But if next week they do over 900,000 viewers and a, and a point three seven or something in the demo, then this week was just an anomaly. Yeah, it's a very strange TV week. I don't know if that was – fuck, I know tons of people still don't have power by me, so I don't know if it was like – Countrywide power outages or something. Nobody was watching TV. I, I don't know what happened. So sometimes it's just weird. I don't. Yeah, I, maybe everywhere had nice weather. Everybody had hot weather. Nobody felt like watching TV that night. I don't know what happened, but yeah, because was... people are like, "Oh, it's the hockey game." Well, the hockey the game NBA... didn't do good. Yeah, it didn't do that great. The NBA Finals game the week before did three times as many viewers as the hockey game last night, and and Dynamite did great last week. So I don't think the hockey game had the huge impact that people right. Think it no, did. no, 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 no. It was just a weird no. night. A historically weird night where people didn't watch TV for some reason. So I'd be careful dancing on the grave of the dynamite number this week. This is one of those ones where you have to wait till next week. And that'll tell a bit a, a better story. Anyway, we have a lot to get to. We do have a lot to get to. So let's uh, let's get to that. So we have uh, let's talk Cyberfight Festival. Let's stay in, uh, in Japan here. Uh, it's shit ton of matches on this show. Like you said, one of the biggest shows. Uh, Non-Wrestle Kingdom in Japan. Uh, just an absolute shit ton of matches. I was not able to watch all of it. I don't know that we need to cover every single match. Do you want to quickly give me the undercard? Because I watched the last four matches of this. Uh, I could do this. Anything on the undercard to talk about? So the pre-show was a complete waste of my time, and I was angry at myself for watching it. Everything stunk. Um, the show itself, man, I got to tell you, I watched this whole show, and you know I don't watch DDT, right? I right. think you know that. I'm, I think our I'm listeners know. That, yep. I've hand-waved DDT several years ago. This show not only did nothing to draw me back into DDT, it, it confirmed my belief that DDT just is not for me. Oh, my God, did this stuff stink. Um, it, this is just – it's weird because in a lot – and I'll tell you what, it didn't make me exactly – I'm not exactly, uh, you know, running to watch Tokyo Joshi Pro shows either, okay? It, 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 it Again, the Joshi have let me down. 
Uh, I, none of yeah, them I gotta say that semi-main uh, was not good. Yeah, I did not. I was I was, I was really crying. excited about that. I was thinking, oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have a Joshi match that Joe's gonna have to watch and say it was good, and then it, it I did watch wasn't. it and it was fine. It was easily the best women's stuff on the show. All the stuff on the undercard was no good. It was a waste of my time. So I'm watching this um, show, and the thing with a lot of the DDT wrestlers is a lot of them are you can see that they're skilled and they're good, but they have such shindy looks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 150 pound guys that wear basketball shorts, and I just, I can't. Rich, I mean, I it goes right down. It, it, just, go, it goes all the way to the top with Dice Sasaki too, who comes yeah, out just yeah, like it, total shindy look. And, and I'm not trying to be that guy, but it's it's when you're not invested in the promotion to begin with, and nobody looks like a star. Rich, it's difficult. It's tough. It's tough. It's, tough. it's difficult. No one comes across like a star in that promotion, and even the matches that were well worked. I mean, honestly, I thought one of the best matches on the entire show was the little opener with Fujimura and Kenya Okada versus uh, Toy Kojima and and uh, Yuya Kuruku because they just went out there and wrestled. Um, you know, everything else was, I would call, either bad or average until the ten man Noah tag. When that ten man Noah tag hit the ring, Hod Dr. Wagner Elgin. Rene Dupree, Simon Gotch, and Timothy Thatcher against Daike Inaba, uh, Fujita, Kitamiya, uh, Taniguchi, and Segura. When that match got going, I felt like I was watching professional wrestling again. And I really don't want to pound on the DDT roster too much or the two Tokyo Joshi Pro roster too much, but there was a clear difference in, I'm like, oh, here's the pros. Here's people who look like stars and wrestle like professionals. I mean, I know that sounds harsh, but it's the first match on the show where I was like, oh, okay, I'm watching pro wrestling again. And then, um, and it was nothing special. It was just pros doing, having a professional match, which I was, which was welcomed at this point in the show. And then the next match was a, uh, a DDT match, uh, an eight-man tag with a lot of wrestlers who are, who are excellent wrestlers. Look, Harashima is a good wrestler. Chris Brooks, a little overrated, but a good wrestler. Yeah, solid. Uh, you know, uh, Yuki Ueno is a tremendous little wrestler. I, that guy was very impressive. Mao is a nice little wrestler. And this is a perfect example of a match where the work was really good, but Rich, they're just out there doing shit. Mm-hmm, I had, mm-hmm. I couldn't connect with this at all. And yeah, I get it. I'm parachuting in, and that's never entirely fair. Okay. And the Warriors are are going to win, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I, Joe, I uh, think that is a safe assumption. Uh, with 3.2 seconds and a 13-point lead, I believe that the Warriors are going to pull this one off. Yeah. But, I mean... Thank you for your hot take there that the Warriors will no, win. I'm just letting the listeners know. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I don't know if they're watching. So, um, anyway, everyone in here, this match was worked well. And there were some real pros in this one. But, it, God, it just did nothing for me. Then was the Rob Van Dam tag, and he's going to be a regular moving forward again. I guess correctly again when I reported that months ago. I uh, guess, you're, but... you're a lot of good guessing over the there. The Joe, Joe. Lands of Fairy Tales. <laughs> I fucking... tell you, 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 you dazzle with these f- pieces of fiction, and man, so many of these. Maybe the deep pearl dorks should just admit that I'm clued in. No, maybe they should just do that. Oh, no, stop. Um, Keep getting but upset. anyway. I mean, he looked all right. I got a, you know, it was Hayata Ogawa and Rob Van Dam against Daisuke Harada, Keito Ki of Mia, who was giving nothing important to do on this uh, cyber fight show, which shows you where he is in the pecking order, and Yohei. 
And Van Dam, he's already announced on a couple more Noah shows. He's going to be a semi-regular moving forward. That uh, Masato Tanaka was the connection there. So, um, you know, and then we had the, well, we'll skip that. We'll skip the, because uh, we'll talk in, a little more in depth about Nakajima. But then the back end of the show was pretty good. Yeah. Kano and Daisuke Sasaki had a hardcore match. I didn't think it was, look, did you think this was great? A lot of people think it was nah, great. No, dude, I, I am so fucking sick of plunder. If Again. Me too. I just have no time for anybody hitting each other with shit anymore. Like, I'm sure it was fine. I My brain just turns into mush now when guys start hitting each other with shit. I, I've seen guys hit each other with shit for two straight years. Every single show has at least one match where guys hit each other with shit. I'm just, I'm over it. So, yeah, it's like, it was fine. Like, the entrances were really cool, and I thought Kano, there was parts that I really liked. I think Sasaki was solid in this match, too, but I can only, guys hitting each other with shit, I can only, it can only go so far for me before I'm just like, I'm kind of done. It was, listen, I get why people thought it was great, but like you, I'm sick of the plunder. It was like the ladder match on Dynamite last night. I get why you would think that was great. I'm so sick of it, though. So that was kind of the deal here. Kano won, though, and he's going to be the first challenger for Kojima. Now, this was the match we were talking about earlier, Yuka Sakazaki, which is the magical girl from AEW, for people who don't know. She lost to Shoko Nakajima. I, look, I thought this was a good match. It was good. I, I was hoping it was going to be great. Uh, because I don't yeah. know if you remember Cyber Fight last year. Yeah, you made me watch it. Yeah, yeah and it was great. I thought it was a great match. And I was thinking, all right, well, they, they're they in this big spot here. They're in the same main event. They had a, a fine match, but I, they, they, I, they needed to do a little bit more in this. It was a perfectly acceptable, perfectly good for us. I needed a little bit more out of this match, especially in the same main event. It's a good, it's a huge spotlight for Tokyo Joshi Pro. And, 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 and these are two wrestlers that I've seen have really good matches. And this one just, I don't know, it just was fine. And, and I was a little disappointed by that. I got to tell you, I thought Kojima Shiozaki was the best match on the show. Um, uh, I mean, I watched the last four and yeah, no, no, no argument here. I mean, that could be my investment in the people involved in the title and the history and Kojima and all that. I get it if you thought Kano and Sasaki was better, but I just, it's the plunder thing for me. Um, but man, this was well worked. It was stiff. Kojima is 51 or 52 years old and he's taking huge bumps. That guy never fails to work hard. No, dude. I, I was, I, he, yeah, he's, he's still great. He's still, he doesn't so have good. to do this, Rich. No. Look at the other old guys in this promotion. They don't do this. No, he's taking big, fucking full on chops from Shiozaki. It's just, yeah. The it bumps. Was, yeah, the bumps. Superplexes. Were awesome. And <laughs> it's like, is Masakatsu Funaki doing that? I mean, these guys don't, you know, it's Fujita taking big bumps. I mean, they stiff each other. Don't get me wrong. But the bumps, he doesn't have to do this. And he did it. And they had an excellent match. Four, four and a quarter, somewhere in that range. And Kojima is now the second man ever to win the Japanese triple, uh, whatever you want to call it, the GHC, the triple crown, and the IWGP, and the NWA world title. Yes, of course. The other man to complete that foursome, Keiji Muto. So, as I talked about months ago, Kojima was probably winning here because now that's how they'll build that match. These guys have been attached at the hip their whole careers. And they're the only two men to accomplish those four world titles. And Muto will probably win that match. Muto won, you know, he's doing this retirement six more months. I have all the details behind the paywall, $5 tier. I did a story on it. He strategically planned the end of his retirement after his NOAA contract is up so he can sell his retirement match to the highest bidder. That Muto. 
I can't even rip him for that one. That's just good business. I mean, he's again. I've I've never ripped him for being getting away with what he does. I just don't know why companies let him get away with this. He's allowed to do all this if he's gonna keep getting the red carpet rolled out for whatever the fuck he wants to do in his life. Why the hell wouldn't you? Of course, make the most of this. I'm never gonna criticize him. Yeah, no, he he does, and it works. He's also threatening to do his retirement match as a produce show to add to for more added leverage. Yeah, because he's selling it to Noah, New Japan. We'll see. Someone in the chat nailed it. They said uh, Rob Van Dam played the hits, but he nailed them all, and that's really what you want out of a 50 year old Rob Van Dam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me give that person credit. Uh, Robert Robert Collard. Collard. Robert Collard. Yeah, he's a good listener. He's been around forever. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I remember him on Twitter too when I used to do that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I really enjoyed Kojima Shiozaki. I, you know, they, they it's it, that's the match I wanted to get out of those two guys. So the show itself, though, oh my god, six and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Five hours of it stunk. This was not a good advertise. Look. Big, big entrances, gonna... big production, but yeah. I yeah. I didn't even like the entrances. How many times can I watch the same dancers do the fucking... <laughs> like, it's just not for me, Rich. This promotion, DDT, is not for me. And that's why I don't watch it. And I, it's not big enough to be vital for this show. I'll watch their main events sometimes. But it's just... It, the, the whole tone of the promotion, I don't like the talent. I don't like the way it comes. It's too tongue-in-cheek a lot of the I don't know. I just don't like it. So anyway, Nakajima slapped the shit out of uh, Endo. DDT champion Tetsuya Endo. Okay, so backstory quickly. So here's the thing. So the match was, and I skipped over it, it was the Noah team of Kotoge, Nakajima, and Yoshiki Inamura against the DDT team of Junakiyama, Tetsuya Endo, and and Kazusada Haguchi. Probably would have been a really good match if it if it you know went to the finish. Planned finish anyway. Um about five minutes in, Nakajima and Endo tag in, and it is very clear that Nakajima is not in the mood to work tonight. No, he is pissed off from from the minutes. And I I, I think I found a moment, but I wonder if you I, I wonder if you saw the same moment. So go ahead, continue. To do yeah, that. how about from the moment he tagged in? No, no, I there mean, was there was a, a, a an extra moment too where I think he then said, "Fuck this shit." It's, I yeah. know the one you're gonna say. Yeah. So anyway, they uh, Endo is hitting him with forearms, and Nakajima is no selling, but not in a wrestling way. It's not a wrestling no sell where it's like he's like, it, 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 did, "Am I making sense?" It was a total. Yeah, it was the like. I don't respect you. Yeah, he's like looking the other way. He's not even looking at him in the eyes. He's like looking the other way. He's so beneath all all of this that's going on. So Endo leans in and is like, "What the fuck, dude? Sell!" So he hits him again. He's still not selling. Endo leans in. He calls a spot, uh, uh, Irish whip, and he goes to throw Nakajima in, and Nakajima just refuses to run the ropes. So then Endo throws like a kick. And then they, Nakajima finally comes off the ropes. They're doing a strike exchange in the middle of the ring. I will say this. Endo's, yeah. his strikes had a little juice on him. I will say. And, then, and, and you know what? Good for him. Yeah. You could tell. They, they start off with like one, two, one, two, you know, normal strikes. And then there was like two straight that Endo threw that were a little, eh, you could tell. And well, snug. that's the whole thing of pro wrestling. If, if someone's not selling, you make them sell. Yeah. And he was determined to make him sell. 
And then Nakajima got annoyed at that. He threw the slap. It hit him on the button, and it knocked him out. An open-hand slap will knock you the fuck out if it hits you on the button, which this one did. Now, I wrote the story behind the paywall. I got all the dirt from the inside. He did not mean to knock him out. That was totally accidental. And in fact, the DDT side and Endo himself agree. They don't think Nakajima was trying to knock him out. Where the heat is on Nakajima is that he was just totally uncooperative and being unprofessional and not selling and making Endo look like like an absolute fool and then knocked him out to the point where DDT stripped him of the title because the whole scene was so embarrassing. Right. It basically, yeah, it completely altered all of their plans and their champions. And Pulled them cha- from yeah. the tournament, yeah. King of DDT, stripped them of the title, and Akiyama just read Nakajima the riot act oh, in the ring. Oh, my God, yeah. They, the best part about that is so Junakiyama walks into the ring and gives him, like, a look, looks like a down at Endo, gives him a look, and Nakajima's still kind of heel pro wrestler, you know what I mean? And then he walks up to him, he stares at him again. He's making eye contact. <laughs> you know, Akiyama is making direct eye contact. And then something is said, you could see the look on Nakajima's face going from like Nakajima wrestling character to like, uh oh. I fucked yeah. up, didn't I? <laughs> Akiyama's like, oh, you fucked up, dude. Yeah. And Just it's what staring I staring daggers at this guy. And, and and reading them the riot act. And it's what what do I always say? It's in the eyes. Yep. You could tell when guys aren't in character mode anymore. It's always in the eyes. And you could tell Nakajima was like, oh, I, I really fucked up this time. And Akiyama wasn't even being aggressive. He was just, he was like a disappointed No, father. he was staring at him like, now look what you've done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, now like, look at the you mess you've caused. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you fucking idiot. Look what you did. This is not, you know, it, it just, it, that was the tone of it. And they said he gave it to him in the back, too. And this is not good for Nakajima. Now, we all know what he's gone through in Noah, but part of that is on him because he is a cocky little prick and people don't like him. Even the people who like him will tell you, ah, you know, he, you know he's kind of an asshole. Nobody likes him. And he kind of lost his only ally because Ron Guy did want to push him. It's just no one would play ball. Now, Ron Guy's back in Noah. I don't know whether he has the book or not. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know whether he's under contract or not. Last I heard, he wasn't. But who knows? So he has no more allies. Now he made enemies of an entire promotion. It's a problem because they're both under the same umbrella. He's probably going to have to do a job to Endo at some point. But do you trust him to do a job to Endo? Yeah, you got it's it's now they did say he was apologetic in the back and felt bad about it and insisted he didn't mean to knock him out, but that doesn't excuse the unprofessional behavior that led up to it. Endo's not a shooter; he's just like you know what I mean. Like he's just trying to work. You knocked out their champion. You fucked up their booking. Right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. This is supposed to be a a kumbaya. I mean, it, it's a. You know, it's it's you're supposed to have you know matches and simulated fight, but it's supposed to be a little bit of a kumbaya celebration of of everything that is you know cyber fight or whatever. And you guys, yeah, you know, he was supposed, and DDT was supposed to win that match because Noah beat them in the other match when right. when uh, Kano beats Suzaki. So then DDT ends up sweeping them and they embarrass the champion. They knock him out. He's just a mess. You can't defend Nakajima here. Now I know he's annoyed because he was never booked on the show to begin with. And then he was a replacement for Marafuji. And, you know, and 
so he's like, he didn't want to be there. He's annoyed he wasn't booked to begin with. He's got a chip on his shoulder. But Endo's an innocent victim here. Why are you making the point on him? You know, make the point on Hideki Suzuki when you get back to your own promotion. Yeah, he's going to fuck you up. But if you want to stand up for yourself and show some guts, stand up to the people who, who are the ones that you have a grievance with. Right, the ones that are wronging you. Yeah, it, it does come across really kind of like... Why are you bullying this guy? Right, right. This guy did nothing. This guy did nothing to you. This guy, you know, yeah, he went in a little snug with a few, but you weren't selling him from the beginning. You started well, that's your it, fault, though. Yeah, yeah, you started. Exactly. That's because you didn't sell. And he gave him every opportunity to sell. You see, go watch it. He leans in and tries to, you know, and then he calls a spot. He's like, all right, maybe you don't want to sell the forums. I'll throw you in. And he, he refused to go off the ropes. So you can't defend him here. You, you just can't. And I don't know where he goes from here. He's got heat with Miyahara. Let's say he got fired tomorrow. Well, DDT's not taking him. He can't go to All Japan because he has long-standing heat with Miyahara. He's got heat with New Japan from the last day of the, the uh, uh, G1 a few years ago where allegedly he pissed people off. This guy's, you know, he's digging his own grave. <laughs> yeah, he really is. He's losing uh, not a lot of places anymore. You know, and, and, and to some extent, I feel bad. And we've talked about, but, you know, he's his own worst enemy, too. So, I don't know, man. But, uh, you know, I think it, when, when Endo's healthy and they get him back in the mix, I think, you know, he's going to have to go do an embarrassing job to Endo. I mean, that's how I'd want to solve it if I were DDT. Yeah, it made for an interesting match, but not in all. Yeah, and you do feel bad for, for Endo. I mean, he was fucking out. Like immediately his head hits the ground he, he tenses it's it's pretty sick i mean it, it's it's a little wild yeah to, to watch i mean it, it's i remember he knocked out katoge at the presser too <laughs> with a slap yeah maybe just uh, maybe, maybe slow it down there pal just a little bit to work <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah slow it down a bit there pal all right um big, also the big report on that whole show on all the fallout yeah the Mudo, the Mudo stuff, the Nakajima stuff, that's on the $5 tier. Oh, yeah, because Mudo's retiring, as, as we alluded to a little bit earlier. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Look, I'm not buying it. There's people, there's wrestlers in the company who are like, this is not a real retirement. We all know. Like, it's a real retirement in the sense that he means it when he says he's going to have the five or six more matches and space him out over six months. But the feeling from the people who know him is that the first payday that comes along after all of this, he's taking it. So it's just pro wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the idea that Keiji Muto will retire, will be one of these guys that retires and never, ever, ever, ever comes back. I would, uh, I would take money on that one. His body's in shambles, and he does mean it. But someone's gonna come. Someone's you know, gonna cut a check one time, and, and or he'll yeah. sniff out another money mark, and and you know the odds that it'll truly be his last match aren't that great. I, I would agree. Uh, I expect him to beat Kojima, because Kojima will do that job. Yeah, he he'll, doesn't care. Yeah, Kojima doesn't. And, you know, um, but, you know, that could be for, uh, is it Sumo or Budokan? I can't remember. The yeah, I don't, I don't recall. But, I, but whatever that big show is, I think that could be the match. Um, and 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 I, I think Muto will win it. Maybe he'll put over Keito Kiyomiya in his final oh, match. Oh, I'm sure. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> as I, as I, I, you never know. I wither away and turn into bones. I'm sure it's coming. I think it's but... too little too late anyway, to be honest. I mean. What is Kato Kiyomiya? It's also not going to happen, too. Even if it were to happen, it ain't going to mean anything. No, who cares? Yeah, that guy's dead already. So. You know, that, that ship has sailed. <laughs> that was a year and a half ago, yeah. 
anyway, that was uh, that was Cyber Fight, yeah, Cyber so. Cyberfest, Kumbaya, <laughs> DDT and Noah, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. All right, so we, uh, I think we're gonna have to go. You want to go over run here? I think we're gonna have to. We're gonna I have think to we're over time already here. Yeah, we're we're, we're right at three hours. So again, if you're new here, if you don't know about the overrun, uh, if you're listening live, just stay on the line, stay where you're at, stay on this link, stay on this YouTube thing. We're gonna take a quick break. Be right back with the overrun, ready to go. Uh, if you are listening on the free flagship feed, you are going to want to subscribe to us at flagshippatreon.com. $5 tier, and you're going to hear NWA Always Ready. We're going to review the NWA show. We'll talk a little bit about Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. Uh, we'll talk about uh, West Coast Pros 93 to Infinity, and then a little bit about All Japan's Cork and Hall show uh, as well. So you're going to get all of that stuff there uh, on the $5 tier. So just subscribe, $5 tier. Uh, you'll get the overrun. Uh, there so the free feed we are going to end here in a moment again if you're on the live feed just stick with us we'll be gone for a bit and then we'll be right back so for joe i'm rich and we'll talk to you next time on the flagship podcast take care